This episode is brought to you by Eufy Video Lock. Eufy is a smart lock with 2K cam and doorbell that's a three-in-one triple security, so you can have everything in one device rather than install many pieces on your front door. It's not just for security, but it's also for convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated camera. It's easy to install and set up with just a Phillips screwdriver. It's got keyless entry, so no more fumbling for the keys when your hands are full. It also has a rechargeable battery that could last around four months, and you'll get low battery notifications before it runs out. Passcode unlocking with a remote control with 2K clear sight to see who's at your front door and control from anywhere through the app. And with enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. No monthly fee, unlike other brands that will charge monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. This is the future. This is everything I love about what's happening with doors. In my opinion, this is an absolute no-brainer. I'm telling you right now, this is an absolute no-brainer. We installed them in the house, and it makes, especially when you have a family, it makes life so easy, so secure, so safe, and once again, so easy. Search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Hey guys, brand new podcast. It's your boy, Bert Kreischer. And by the way, we did happy hour like two weeks ago on Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Western Standard Time, West Coast Time, and uh, it went well, and so we're doing another one this weekend, Friday, 5 p.m. West Coast Time, 8 Eastern. Uh, It filled up pretty quick, so I've extended it. I haven't really figured out how many people I can let in, um, but we've gotten it bigger, so if you want, I'll release a code word, like a passcode, uh, probably day of. It'll be a joke for my punchline from a joke of my special. Hey, big boy, streaming right now on Netflix. All my specials are streaming right now on Netflix. The Machine, uh, hey, big boy, secret time. Right there, that's secret time. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying these Zoom podcasts. We're doubling up. Uh, Everything's released Monday. So Two Bears, One Cave and Bill Burt are coming out Monday. So I stopped releasing on Monday because I thought, you don't need that much Burt in one day. I'm already fucking redundant as shit. And talking so much that I feel like I'm no longer talking coherently i feel like i'm out of breath i feel like i'm stumbling on words i feel like i'm stuttering nonstop. is it possible to get an adult stutter fuck what if i got an adult stutter what if it's some sort of by the way my um my cardiologist wanted to do a video chat to check on my health that's not how this works i'm gonna fucking lie to you i'll be like no i'm doing good blood pressure is down you can't check it it says 110 over 70 how's that good I think I might do the uh, the video chat with my cardiologist just because I feel like I feel like uh, I feel like I've been really healthy. This I'm not losing weight though. I'm eating like shit. I am murdering these goddamn granola bars, and I just have little snacks everywhere. Pretzels. I just just snacks, and I'm drinking way too much coffee, and I'm drinking way too much water. I'm drinking water like crazy. I feel like I want to weigh myself, but I'm always hydrated, so I never know how skinny I am. Getting on the treadmill in a second. I'm going to run. I'm going to get the rower. And then uh, that's it. I hope you guys are doing okay. 
I know that this is, I feel like I've gotten to my wits end. I'm sure you've gotten to your wits end. I know a lot of places have ended the stay at home. So hopefully you're in one of those states. Stay safe. I don't think we're out of the woods yet with this virus. So stay safe if you can. Try to socially distance yourself. We're talking about restarting shows up. Uh, we've had the conversation a couple times. So if you got tickets for my upcoming shows that have been postponed, keep it, keep your eyes peeled. Um, I will let you know on this podcast when when I know anything. And I'll let you know on social media. Uh, new shirt available in the App Store, right? Not in the App Store. At BurtBurtBurt.com. Whiskey Cock Glock Dog. Whiskey Cock Glock Dog. Whiskey Cock Glock Dog. It's available on the uh, BurtBurtBurt.com. We got posters at BurtBurtBurt.com. Bunch of merch. We got new merch coming out. We've got Notorious GMK coming out. I think. And then we've also got Isla is my spirit animal. Those should be coming out soon. Let's just get with the podcast. Uh, today's guest is a good friend of mine. Uh, I love this guy. It's a great chat. It's why I love, I love doing podcasts with podcasters because they get the vibe of these zooms and it's just a chat. We just talk about, about everything. We go all over the map. We talk about his podcasts. Time sucks. Time sucks. One of my favorite podcasts. It really is. If you haven't heard it, you should check it out. It's my go-to. It's my lay-in-bed go-to. It's a lot like a really fun audiobook. Like, but not like almost like the cliff notes to an audiobook. And it's fun and funny and it moves fast. I am obsessed with it. He's also got another podcast called Scared to Death. You should check out both his podcasts. Check out his stand-up. I don't know when he's going back on the road. Find him on social media media. See, that's a part of my voice. I'm like i'm talking too much i need to shut the fuck up maybe i'll take a week off can i take a week off austin and then not do a podcast for a week and just stop speaking 100 god i should maybe anyway he's got a new special called get out of here devil it's streaming right now on amazon apple spotify his podcasts are anywhere you get podcasts and like i said i cannot say enough how much i love time suck I love Time Suck. It really is one of my favorite podcasts. So please check it out. If you're looking for things to kill your time while you're on quarantine, Time Suck is the fucking go-to for me. I'm also listening to a book on tape about Kim Jong-un, which is really fucking fascinating. Anyway, let's start the podcast. Can you feel all my energies down a little bit? I got to get on the treadmill. I got 96% sleep last night. You'll hear that later in a mid-roll for Whoop. Shout out to Whoop. Um, without further ado, let's get the podcast rolling. Ladies and gentlemen, today's podcast guest, my friend, podcaster with the hit podcast, Time Suck and Scared to Death. He's got a new special streaming right now on Amazon, Apple, Spotify called Get Out of Here, Devil. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Cummins. This is the So wait, what is it? Show me around your studio, could you? Sure. I'd be curious to see it. Yeah, yeah, we can do a little tour. Yeah, please. Let's start the podcast that way. I love this. This is, okay, you know, okay. this is every comic's dream, is to have a fucking yeah. studio, be off the fucking grid. Got weird shit all over the place. This is Teresa. Good God. <laughs> Teresa, Teresa, Teresa is stacked. Oh, God, I wish women came with mannequin bodies. 
My wife, I, my wife thought it was a joke when I ordered her. Uh, I, I like, I literally, I, I didn't even know that they existed. It, the biggest breasted mannequin you could pot. I think it's for like lingerie shops. Like, oh, for real? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's you know, really- do you know, you want to know something interesting? The mannequins at Target are plus size mannequins. What? Really? Yeah, yeah. I, all the women Target ma- mannequins, the majority of them are plus size mannequins. Take a look next time. You'll be like, oh my God, they're all fat chicks. I know you're not allowed to say that, but. <laughs> I like I like the plus sized uh, uh, shape. I feel like that's like a normal woman shape. You know, my wife just lost like sixteen pounds, and it feels very weird hugging her because it's a, it's noticeable. Like, yeah, you, your arms go around her a little more. That's a that's a, that's a I mean, sixteen pounds. That's a that's a lot of weight. Yeah. So where so is that the entrance of the studio right there? Yeah. So this is like where we pop in, and then we got a bunch of challenge coins. Oh, I love fucking challenge coins. We have so many. We have this little display. We have a huge display here of so many from all around the world. And then we have a couple more in the, where I record Time Suck. We got we got a couple more hanging around. Uh, oh, this is great. Look, you got your lighting panel set up. You got your mic. Yeah, we got all, all this kind of crazy stuff. We got we got like we got crazy artwork always coming in from uh, from fans. Stuff. It's so fun. It's like it's like a big like playhouse. God, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, we just got weird stuff on the walls. I'm trying to think of some of the weirdest things we've gotten recently. This is pretty cool. This is metal fabrication. This thing weighs about, I don't know, 50 pounds oh, hanging up wow. here on the wall. And then over here, we got Joe and the guys. We got, we, oh, we got, we got weird, like, um, we got hey. weird, uh, custom little gunslinger, <laughs> like, like holsters with the, band, with the bandolier bullets, little spots. See, this is everything I've ever wanted in my career. <laughs> it's so fun. Dude. We got weird, like, custom. I don't even know what this is. I don't even know what kind of knife this is. <laughs> oh, that's got to be for gutting some sort of animal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got all these crazy, crazy, like, people, like, make, like, custom shoes, send them to us. I've got one pair. You know what's so funny is I've here, go sit down. Let's do the podcast. Okay. I will keep talking. We're doing the podcast technically. What's <laughs> what's so interesting is the first time I ever went to Rogan's house, it was like uh his room was just, I mean, stacked with just stuff people had given him. And I was so impressed oh. by it. And yeah. I was like, I, that's my goal. That's my goal. So interesting. I saw NFL life, the N uh NFL does um a football life. Yeah one on Carson Palmer, who I really didn't know much about. Yeah. Uh, apparently Heisman Trophy winner at USC went on to get drafted by the Bengals, some close, you know, runs at the, at the, in the playoffs at the with the Bengals. And then kind of, I would say pouted his way. I, he, he would hate it if he heard that, but pouted his way to the, to the Raiders. And then the Raiders traded him to the, to the uh, Cardinals. And he said, you know, my goal was to always win a championship. But not everyone wins a Super Bowl. Dude, that stuck with me so heavy. I'm on the treadmill. I'm hearing that. Yeah. Not everyone wins a Super Bowl. And, and I, when I heard that, I, I, I knew why we were doing a podcast. I thought of me and you. We don't need to be Kevin Hart at right. all. We right. just, all we need to do, and by the way, I, no slight towards Kevin Hart. It's, Kevin Hart's fucking amazing. Yeah, but, but I know just, exactly what you're saying. Just to be someone who's got their own lane where you can right. put cool shit out that people dig. That's the goal. Like you just you don't even need to be a Hall of Famer. All you got to be is just a solid 12 seasons in the NFL, retire, no CTE, get in, get out. 
<laughs> no, man, it's so true. Uh, my, my, you know, Tom and Dan out in Orlando, the of media. Course. I love those guys. They're such nice guys. And I had that same thought when, uh, I don't know, maybe five, six years ago, maybe it's a little more when I first went to their studio and they had the same thing. They had the custom paintings. They had, you know, this like super dedicated kind of cult fan base. And they told me their story about how they were doing morning rock radio down in Florida. And then they started a podcast on the side. Their, their boss didn't want them to do it anymore, but they loved it. And they just struck out on their own. And, you know, they don't have like a crazy national following, but they have a dedicated following and it gives them a good life. And they have so much fun doing exactly what they want to do. And, and, and it was just like a little thing clicked in my brain because I was always trying to go traditional, you know, and like a lot of us going for the big, you know, one of the HBO specials and all that kind of stuff, you know, when I started, which of course that's a great goal. But then I thought like, oh, there's, there's another way, like there's another path. And, uh, you know, what I've always really wanted is just to have, you know, fans who enjoy what I do. And I realized, oh, I don't have to go through the traditional channels to get that. There's like a whole nother way. And you, and you really, I mean, you're such a great example of that where you've done that on such a huge level with the body shots tour before all this weirdness kind of put it on pause. I mean, dude, the bus and, and all this stuff. And you've, Yes, you've done like, you know, a reality show, like, you know, hosted travel shows and stuff. But really, this this is what got got you there, I think, you know, is like, you know, yeah. the podcast stuff and and kicking out stand up and, and all of your social media stuff, which is all outside of the traditional channels that were there when we started. And it's just uh, it's inspiring, man. I love it's, it. Well, I'm, I just want I just want to take whatever this is. I want to take it further. Oh, uh, yeah. It's like, why not? Why not turn? I mean, that is what Rogan has. On, a, on somewhat of a smaller scale, it's identical. It's identical. It's all his shit, all his posters, people send in, go up on the walls, all the pictures he takes that he likes go up on the walls. Yeah. Uh, someone sends in a fucking huge werewolf. It goes into the, whatchamacallit. I mean, and, and, and it, it was what it is, you know, I'm doing what Rogan started in out of his house. I'm still doing it out of my house. And I think it's yeah. just because I'm a curmudgeon. Like I, I'm just a curmudgeon. I, I only see things in like, pluses and negatives and i this podcast for me has always been as long as we got like i you know when people go what's your overhead i still only count my h6 my mics i don't like i don't look at like anything other than that because i go that's the business model is so fucking simple right is you don't need the more and segura and yourself included segura is the kind of person that was like put more into it more will come out of it trust me yeah, and so yeah. that's where we're at now. We're building a studio. Uh, at, wow. We're building a studio, and new setup. We're building a, a, a something's burning studio as well. We're bur building like a little podcast like studio. But that's but I, I look at what you got, and I just get so excited because I go, "That's the goal." You know, I mean, I mean, it, it's so fun. I mean, we have like a rented space now. But what I love about it is when we went to look for a space, I just I literally went to the closest spot to my house. I'm like, what? Yeah. what the closest spot. It is a 90 second drive between here and my house. 90 seconds to two minutes, depending on the stoplight in between me and my house. And there's never, there's never traffic. I can walk here. And, uh, yeah. And, and you know, when we get our own place someday and like, we do want to like buy a place, it's going to be the same thing. Like, even though I live in a small town, I don't even want it on the other side of the small town. I want it yeah. on my side of the small town so I can still walk if I want. And, uh, and, and now it's so weird where it's like when I was down in LA, oh, I was trying so hard to get a show and pitching shows all the time and, you know, never could sell one. And now it's weird where producers are starting to hit us up 
and, and I don't know if I even, the thing I wanted so bad for so many years, now I just think, well, God, if I got that, I would have to leave my house. I would have to be in another city. I'd have to be away from my kids. I mean, this is, it's hard, it's hard to beat this. It's like, yeah, I, I just want, you know, obviously more of this to, to get more people to come to shows and everything. But I, but I don't want like uh, anything other than this now. How was the, how was it, what was the trajectory like for, um, for the pod podcast numbers versus people showing up? Oh man, it was such a, for me, it was such a direct correlation where, you know, Pandora was the only thing that I really was, I, I did a lot of like comedy central things years ago, but it never changed any numbers for me. Uh, nothing, nothing ever changed a number for me. Like nothing, nothing in the industry ever changed one number like not one it was almost like you know what it's like it was like go, being in eighth grade right this is what the industry is like the industry is like is like uh is like uh the principal coming up to you going hey you're cool as fuck and you're like yeah he's like oh yeah dude you are cool as fuck let me tell you the top 10 coolest kids to watch and you're like really and he's like yeah 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 it's Samir Nagamia, Nell Rudolph, Jennifer Stevens. Like, these are the kids you got to keep an eye on. They are cool. And you're like, oh, thanks, yeah. man. And then you tell your mom, the principal said I was cool. And then you show up at school and you get your ass kicked. You're like, but wait, <laughs> the principal said I was cool. And then the yeah. kid that's running the bathroom goes, fuck the principal, bro. It's about numbers, son. Bring people to the club. Sit them in seats. Fuck the principal. He, just, he doesn't know anything, dude. Do you know he used to be a, he was almost a priest? And you're like, what? He doesn't know what cool is. He, he was, was never cool in high school. That's why he became the principal. <laughs> Dude, that's such, that's such a good analogy. That's so true. Like, and, and, I, and I, was, I was looking for that principal validation for so long. And I thought I was so fucking dumb in so many ways looking back where. Dude, we all, we all were. Keep going. I'm sorry. I know. I just thought I, just, I truly believed. I'm like, oh, my only plan was to get to our special. And I didn't have a plan after that. And I, I just, <laughs> <laughs> everything that happened from there. And it was so painful. I, I'll never forget it. Uh, had the Comedy Central one-hour special hit. The next weekend, I'm at Dr. Grin's at the Bob in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And nobody fucking showed up. Like, the weekend was exactly as dead as it was the last time I was there. And it was just like, but, but, I, but I did it. But I, but I, did the, I did the thing. And it was soul-crushing. And uh, but, but then, you know, it's like once the podcast started, I, I had a lot of, like, Pandora listeners, luckily that had built over the years and they had just started this, uh, I think it was called AMP. Yeah, AMP, it was like, you could send a message, an audio message to whoever listened to your Pandora station. And I started doing that every single week. Hey, new episode of Time Suck. Hey, new episode of Time Suck. Click the link and listen. Click. And it started to grow initially because the numbers were small. It would like double every week. And then sure enough, uh, maybe like four weeks in, somebody at the club was like, hail Nimrod, as I'm heading the stage. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's the greatest of it. So great, but it was like surprising. And then it was just a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And then um, and I remember last time I saw you in Salt Lake City, I thought it was so fucking cool where you had sold out the weekend in advance and you had added a show and then that sold out. And I do remember specifically thinking, I'm like, man, that's the, that's the fucking best. I'm like, oh, that'd be so great to get there. I just got there in Salt Lake City right before the Corona pause hit. And it was just, you know, like, uh, I mean, I, I, luckily I was able to do those shows. Yeah. And it was, um, I don't know. It was so, it was so, it's just so interesting where no, no special, no, no big promotional thing, no. just the podcast. And it Doesn't was the best it. fans. Oh, 
dude, it's, it's, uh, I'm so, I'm so, I feel so grateful to live in a world now where we don't have to deal with the gatekeepers. Cause you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, if the gatekeepers didn't like you, you're fucking done. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. 20 years ago, 15 years ago, when the, if the gate, the gatekeepers decided everything. And I remember, and, and, but their decisions were, were, uh, were were the same decisions uh, Czar Nicholas made? Like Czar, I we just by the way, by <laughs> the way, Czar, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. I, you, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna only drop uh, references that me and you get because you know I'm, I'm obsessed with, I'm obsessed with Time Sock. You know that, right? Oh, uh, thank. No, you're, you've been so nice about I'm, it. I'm obsessed with it. You know, Isla walks around with the Cold of Curious sweatshirt you gave me. Ah, uh, that's so nice. But anything you want, man. You know, like I was actually you and Brian Regan. I bring up you guys to other comics. We're not to just completely suck your dick here, but, but, but like you guys are so nice to other comics when like, like, um, like Brian Regan, when I worked for him, it was so great to see how he would treat everybody at the venue and just how humble and talk so nicely about other comics. And you're the same. And that's, you know, in this business, that's not entirely common. And you know, you're so good at like, you don't have to promote anybody. You don't have to like, you know, do shout outs to everybody, but it's like, you just, you just do. And it helps tons of other comics, helps me. It's because and, uh, I'm not that talented. Here's what it is. <laughs> oh, you're, oh, you're not. Get the fuck out of here. You're crushing You know what it, it. is? Is that I love, I love more than anything. More than anything in the world, I love getting excited about stuff. Like, I love getting excited. That's why I drink. It's like I love to get excited about something. I love yeah, to be yeah. enthusiastic about something. And, and, and time suck for, I, I mean, like, I, I'm not even joking. To the point where I'd listen to every single one of them, and 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 I was listening to them on repeat, was something that I just was enthusiastic about. It was just a fun. It was man. It uh-huh. I did it last night. Last night I, I knew you were on, and I was like, oh, I haven't listened in a while. I should catch up. And I went, and there were five that I wanted to listen to, and I had I couldn't pick. I couldn't <laughs> pick. I wanted to listen to the one about coronavirus, but I didn't yeah. want to because I was like, I'll be talking to him tomorrow. I'm gonna just ask him about that one. But yeah. I listened to the Civil War one. Fucking. The battles are crazy. Dude, it was. And then I had dreams about the Civil War. Because I, I love listening to it in bed. I mean, on tour, yeah. it's yeah. on the road. Time Suck was my favorite thing to fucking listen to. It's uh, just that so it, it's all the shit I like. I love. I love. Was it was it the Ed Gein? No, it wasn't the Ed Gein one. You know which one fucked me up? Was uh, the dude from Texas, the Candyman. Oh yeah, uh, Dean Dean Coral. Yeah, man, just a, such a dirt bag. We've covered some hardcore dirt bags. That really that that one actually kind of fucked with my head a little bit. There was one we just did a few weeks ago. Bob Berdella, Johnny Dare in Kansas City, who I know you know. He's been telling love me about Johnny Dare. Such a good dude. Such a good dude. Uh, I'm going to show my Johnny Dare fa- flashlight. He told me about ah, this flashlight. He was like, "You got to get it ten thousand aluminums. It lights them up." So I got two of them. Uh, Bob Berdella was the, the butcher of Kansas city. And it was, I, I'm pretty jaded with true crime after doing a lot of these, but Oh my God, he was a monster. Just like to the level where you, you just can't, you're like, really, you were doing this to other human beings, like yeah. in cages and all this kind of crazy nonsense. I, I'm always worried that this ding is going to make it through, uh, what? emails. Yeah. I thought I had, I had everything shut off. I just figured out how to mute everything. Okay. But, um, 
I did a hot ones episode the other day and I have my I, emails I and I, we did it over this and I, did, I had emails on the whole time. <laughs> I get so anxious. I, I find I found on iMessages, you can mute, you can turn off any notification sound. I need to do the same for email. I'm so, I'm learning so much about computers during all this because I've been, uh, just ignoring all this stuff. I didn't, I didn't know zoom at all before, uh, COVID-19, but, um, Monday's episode, I think you're going to like, that was, have you ever heard of the children of thunder cult? No, it's I, you have no idea how excited I already am. See, but here's the deal. Here's the story. Is there anyone listening to this podcast right now that's a fan of Time Suck just went through the same thing I went through, where you go, where it's like you go, I know absolutely nothing about this, but the branding sells me 100%. The name. Do you know Children anything about the Children of Thunder cult? I'm like, wow, I no, but. Boy, am I ready to learn. Why wasn't it's, school more like this? I know. I know. There's so many interesting things in history and so many. I, I laughed. I had so many inappropriate laughs on the research. I'm not going to like, you know, say too many things, but this dude was so insane. Wait, give me, give me, give me a little teaser. Okay. So it's a guy, he grew up Mormon and he was a very devout Mormon and very goody two shoe, went on his mission, didn't do, didn't curse, didn't have sex, no drugs, nothing. But he was kind of told growing up that he was going to be a like a basically a prophet. Like he was God had a special plan for him, and that really got in his head. And then he started thinking he was hearing vision, you know, God talking to him. God damn it! I've totally forgot to do that with my kids. <laughs> tell them they're going to be prophets. <laughs> no, How don't much fun them. would that be if you're oh. like you're, every night you're like, by the way, you're a prophet. Don't say your mom. God came down. He talked to me in the middle of the night, and you are going to be a prophet. Isla <laughs> last night. Isla last night. We're watching some stupid show on Netflix. A hundred humans. And oh Isla God. just calls out, hold on, not to pivot too hard. I want to, I want to get back to this. She oh, just, yeah. they're calling out names of numbers of people that they're going to pick. And yeah. she goes 37 and they go 37. And Isla just sat up and she goes, Oh my God, what if I have some superhuman power? I'm like, yeah, we just found out about it. Now there was a kid one time, one more story. And then we'll go back to this one more story. There was a kid one time on, when we did a trip flip, this kid was a fucking mouth breather, like a legit mouth breather. He yeah. had just met this girl in Minneapolis on their first date, and we took them to uh, to Utah, oddly enough, went to Lake Powell, mm -hmm. and we were on there, and he bet me $100 he could predict heads or tails. He's like, I've got a, I got a superhuman power. I can predict heads or tails. And I know, no, you can't. And he goes, I definitely can. And I was like, I bet you $100. He goes, I bet for $100 I can pick three in a row. I'll pick them heads and tails. And I went, impossible. And he goes, put your money where your mouth is. So I put $100 down, and then everyone on my crew started going, fuck it, I got 10 bucks on him. And so I said, I'll match anyone's money. So oh everyone God. just matched me. It was, it was like, it came out to like $300, yeah. and the kid called the first two. He goes, heads, and he clicked it, and he goes, heads. And he's like, I told you, I've done this my whole life. I can do he was so confident yeah. that on the last flip, I actually thought, I can't believe I found the one guy that can do it. And he missed it. And, and then he looked at me, he goes, you're such a fucking idiot for a second. You thought I could do it. And I went, yeah, you're right. I really <laughs> believe for one you're second. I went, this time. kid really fucking think. So go back. I'm so sorry. Back to the prophet. No, no. So, th so this, so this guy is told this and it was horrible for him because it just warped his kind of, you know, sense of reality. And then, and then he was disillusioned with his marriage, he got married really young, you know, kind of trying to be the good Mormon. And then he found porn. And then, oh, wow. and then he was mad at his wife for not like, you know, uh, wanting to do the porn moves. 
And then he was all of a sudden he got disillusioned with everything. And he went to this crazy place in his head, left the church, left his wife, wanted to do everything he couldn't do before, but kept the God talk going in his brain. And he came up with these crazy fucking plans. He, uh, he told his marriage counselor when he really kind of had his break before he kind of went into the cult. And I just love that he actually said this in front of his wife. It's so crazy to a marriage counselor. He told her, he's, he's like, she's tricking me. She tricked me. She's not having the kind of sex that, you know, I want to have. And he goes, what I want to do, I want to go to Brazil and I want to put an ad out for a hundred women. And I want to get a hundred women to have sex with me. I'll sample each woman and then find out, you know, who's the best at sex. I'll narrow the field of a hundred to about 35 women. We'll have, I'll have sex with them. Like he's saying this to a marriage counselor. Like this is what he needs in life. And then, and then like, By the way, I join, I'm joining this call right now. And then he's like, out of the 35, I'll find out who's the best. And then I want a handful of those women to sign two-year sex contracts with me. And they agree to have sex with me every day. And when the counselor basically says, that's fucking crazy, he's infuriated. And he's like, well, you just don't get it. And my wife doesn't get it. This is what I need. I'm one of God's chosen people. And then he goes off the fucking rails. And uh, goes into this and then starts doing a ton of meth and he starts doing crazy amounts of meth. And for years, his main plan is he wants to build an escort service and then use the money he makes from his escort service to kidnap Brazilian orphans, train them to be assassins, have the orphan assassins kill the Mormon leadership, and then he'll take over and, and then he'll be the king of the Mormons and he'll introduce a plan called Transform America where everybody's happy, which he doesn't give details to. And, but like, that was his fucking plan. That was his life plan for several years. And every scam he tried to run, every cult member he tried to indoctrinate was towards this goal of having Brazilian orphan assassins take down LDS leadership. And it just, it played out like a movie. Like when I'm researching this, I'm like, how the fuck is this a real person? And how does anyone follow that person? It's just I love, like, I love, I love, I love and respect people who follow through with dreams. Like I love, there's, there's something I, you know, I, I got crazy the other day, like yeah. not to get in too great a detail because I, I know that you're not supposed to talk about anything like this kind of right now with what's going on. Everyone's going through hardships and no one's hardships are the same, but everyone's sure. hardships are parallel. Like, you know, like, whereas, uh, whereas someone may be out of work and not being able to pay rent, there are, uh, there's, there's people losing businesses. Well, yeah, but he's a millionaire, but he is losing a business. Like it's, it's, you know, yeah. By the way, I definitely should not even remotely tell this story. Uh, now like, I want to hear it so bad though. It's no. So it's so stupid is that, you know, we, we bought a house and we were going to renovate this house and make it everything we wanted. And, and, yeah. and, uh, we just got to the place where we were like, we were like, it's not, it's not cost effective to do that in this economy. And, and I don't want to just waste all my money. Like I, we have money, some, some, some money put away. I don't yeah. want to just blow it all on a house and then live in that house and then go, let's hope that, you know, touring picks up again, you know? And I was like, let's just not do it. Let's, let's just have the house and, you know, we'll figure out what to do when everything settles down. We'll figure out what to do. You have right. the house, you have the house. You just haven't renovated it. I haven't renovated it. And right now all we do is we take the dogs there and let the dogs run around. And it's actually, that's, pretty amazing to have a place to let the to like drive yeah. to and then go to and then dream about yeah so b before all this happened we got into an, a 
and not not that I'm like this guy at all, but we okay. I wanted to move the pool. I didn't the pool is in a really bad it still is in a bad spot. It will be in a bad spot. If we ever move into this house or live in this house, the pool will always be in a bad spot. It, it always will be. I wanted to move the pool. It's a shit fucking pool, right? It's a fucking bad design from the 70s in the corner of the fucking lot where where you'd put a pool in the 70s you don't care if a kid drowns right right and i wanted to dig it up i wanted to put in the center of the backyard and have everything built around the pool okay and so they told me it was going to be pretty expensive and i said i don't care and they said well no it's going to be like really expensive i said i don't care i said no you don't i don't think you're understanding i want what i want and i started doing what this guy says it doesn't matter you guys don't understand me like, and I just wouldn't move for this one position. And then I dug my heels in and I would not move. And my wife's like, you have no idea what the fuck. And it wasn't until this economic breakdown where I sat down and they put the numbers of what it's to keep the pool where it is versus build a new pool. And right. I was like, all right, we leave the pool. Get to good swimmers. Yeah. But I was, but it was, but I love someone who I love, I love people I, there's something about someone who has, and it's always for my, in my point, it's always bachelors. Like it's always bachelors. Oh, right. Dude, Johnny dare. We were just talking about him. He has Disgraceland. Do you know what that is? Uh, yeah. yeah. I haven't been there. I fucking love it. I, I've been there twice. We went there and just shot flamethrowers. Like he just has flamethrowers in his garage. Cause why not? I think they yeah. shot a cannon there a while back. Like who cares? Yeah. Like, and, and it makes me so happy. He just has a bunch of acres in the woods where they just burn shit and just, uh, you know, put, they have like a valley of dolls or something. They have a bunch of weird, creepy dolls nailed to trees. Oh, there's something about this. And, you know, it's like Ari is my closest example to a a, a non-moving bachelor who has an idea, sticks with his idea, and then believes my idea was right because no one can disagree with me because I'm the only person on my team. Right. Like, right. like, you know, with, uh, with, with like, let's just use drugging me as an example. He was just like, he was like, I thought it'd be a good idea. I, 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 you had a good time. I don't like, it was so hard to convince him right. because he had decided it was my dad. My dad, one time, my dad said to me, he goes a long time ago, he goes, I said something. And he goes, that's because you're a bachelor. You understand bachelors don't think of anyone but themselves because they're, that's all they need to care about. And I went, yeah. And now I look at life and I look at life in such a way where I still have those. Like, I understand that guy's thoughts. Yeah. I do understand. He goes, why I can do whatever the fuck I want to do. No one tells me what to do. I want to fuck a hundred Brazilian prostitutes, then whittle it down. Wait, hold on. I don't care what you think. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm the king of Dirk. Dirk's king of Dirk. Dirk's going to fuck when Dirk wants to fuck Jack. I know, I love, I know, I love it. He was just walking around in his house, like, "I'll get the fucking Brazilian assassins. They're gonna take over the church. They're gonna fucking put me in oh. charge. Everyone's gonna suck my dick, and it's gonna be great." Like he just, well, I love like, like just you, the simple thing of the act of defiance of not having a shirt. I love it when you talk about rules. When you go on a late night show, everyone else has a fucking shirt, and you're like, "Yeah, but why? I don't have fucking. It's not against the law to not have yeah. one." I just love those little tweaks where it's like. Like, I feel like you see the world as like this playhouse. I just wish like, why don't more people do that? Like, that's what like this thing is for me. Like the crazy mannequin I showed you before. Dude, why not a giant titty mannequin? And you're so right. Have it? You, well, your career is that. Your career is that kind of. When you think about it, everyone was in this rat race because that's what they told us to do. 
get stay right. move to LA, move to New York, stay in LA, stay in New York, get in line, yep. wait your turn, get in line, wait and turn. Yeah. Get into the store, get into the improv, do spots, uh, right. dot, dot, dot. And then you just decided, uh, yeah, that's not, that's not for me. What's so funny is there are so many, there are so many guys that believed that young and said, I'm not leaving dot, dot, dot. This is my yeah. town. I'm, I'm a Cleveland guy or I'm a, I'm a Houston guy or I'm this guy. And they didn't leave. And you, and, and, it, and it, sometimes I think it, it hurt their career. Sure. But for sure. you to come, God damn it. I'm talking way too much. Leanne told me one time we went to a, a going away party at a guy for a guy who was an actor in, in Hollywood. And yeah. we went to, his, we want, she wanted to go to his going away party. He was moving home. And I said, I'm not going. And she said, why? And I said, it's depressing. I said, I'm not going to watch a guy give up on his dream. She goes, no, oh. she goes, there's, I said, listen, you don't understand. I'm in this, I'm in this fucking zone of it is everything or nothing. I'm not leaving Hollywood. I, I'm dating you. I think she was pregnant at the time. And I was like, we're having a kid. I'm a fucking comedian. I wasn't making any money doing it. I had made some money, made some money, but I was like, I'm not going to go and celebrate failure. And I, and I, it was, it was, by the way, this is back when I was a bachelor and I would say things like that. And, yeah, I yeah, couldn't, yeah. and she was like, you know, the bravest thing in the world is to see something you don't want that everyone else wants and be brave enough to say that you don't want it. And I went, Oh yeah. And she's yeah. like, think of how many people should say they, they should say they shouldn't be in LA. And I was like a lot. And she was like, imagine right. the bravery that it takes to go, you know what, man, this isn't for me. I want something else. This same guy has yeah. an amazing fucking life, like an amazing life where That's he awesome. is totally happy. And the funniest guy at the bank, like the, yeah. fun, like, and you go, why wouldn't you just, why? I, I just couldn't see that. But you said, fuck this, man. This is not what it's meant to be. Well, I just realized like what I wanted. I, it's like, I, I like writing stories. I like, you know, whether they're for a podcast, for stand-up, being on the computer, you know, p- putting out a story, just what makes me happy. And then going to tell that, whether tell it to podcast listeners or tell it to a live audience. And I'm like, well, if that's all I need. Then why am I here? Why am I in this place? It doesn't really work for my family situation, you know, or whatever. And and I remember I, I had an epiphany about like just as far as like the point is just to be happy, and who cares what everyone else is doing? Do you, do you remember a, a comic named Sabrina Matthews out of the Bay Area many years so. ago? Uh, she had a bit. I think her most famous bit was about the Alanis Morissette song uh, "Ironic." Uh, she had this whole bit about how it's actually not ironic. And I do remember. Act- I do remember her now. As soon as you said that, I. I yep. By the way, oh, I think I did. No joke. I think I did her bit yesterday to my daughter uh, about uh, ionic compounds. I don't even know what that is. It's an ionic compound. And I said, oh, I, I can tell you what an ionic compound is. And I started doing the Alanis Morissette bit. And then I think I started doing Sabrina's bit. I remember that bit. It was a great <laughs> fucking bit. It was a great bit where it's like she talked about how the irony was that Alanis Morissette had a hit song about irony not knowing what irony was. Yeah. Like all the examples. And so, I, and I just remember seeing that when I first got into stand up, like, oh man, that's so funny. That's so smart. Never think about Sabrina for many years. And then I was at the, uh, uh, the Virginia Beach Funny Bone years ago. And I was going to a Starbucks, like I always do near the club. And all of a sudden, at the, the barista at the Starbucks, I'm like, man, she looks familiar. She looks really familiar. And I, and I get in line to go get my drink and I see her name tag and it says Sabrina. And I'm like, no way. And I, so I ask her, I'm like, are you Sabrina Matthews, like the comic? And then she was like, you know, yeah, there's other customers. She seemed a little weirded out. And then we talked later. She said that her mom lived out there. 
Her mom was sick. She took some time off touring to go be with her mom, help her mom, got a job at Starbucks to have something to do part-time. And that was like years ago. And when the, when her mom was better, she realized that she was like the happiest she had been in years. Like the road wasn't making her happy. The grind wasn't making her happy. Being there made her happy. And then I watched her. I went back to that coffee shop the next like three days when I was there for the week. And just, she was working all those days, joking around with her, with her coworkers, smiling, you know, the customers knew her. And I was like, she is happier at this Starbucks in Virginia than 90% of the comics I, I know right now. I'm like, that's, that's the point of life. That's cool. Do what makes you happy. And uh, yeah, when I kind of let go of thinking about what I needed to do, what I was supposed to do, and just kind of followed like, what do I love doing? I was lucky enough that things work out at a level where, you know, we, we get to go on vacations, we get to pay our bills, get to hang out with the kids. And, and then that's it. That's, that's it. That's the, that's the dream. Mid-roll reads. Mid-roll reads. What are they? These are mid-roll reads. <laughs> I would like to thank my sponsor, Whoop. Whoop is a wearable fitness tracker that provides personalized insights on performance of your sleep. I got 96% of my sleep last night. So it tells me how my body's recovered, how much stress I can put on my body throughout the day for my workouts and or the normal stressors in life. It's the best fitness tracker I've ever used. Without a doubt, this has so much stuff that it tells me every morning when I wake up, I literally go right to my Whoop. Throughout the day, I probably click my Whoop app four or five times just to kind of track my progress. And right now, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And in the current situation we're in, in this quarantine, it couldn't be more important to be monitoring the stress being put on our bodies and how we're recovered on a day-to-day basis as our routines change. What's great is that with Whoop, every day you get up, You get a recovery score based on your HRV, your resting heart rate, and sleep performance that can be used as an indicator to how to approach your day. Today, 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 I am going hard in the fucking paint because I had 96%. I'm so, I've never had 96% in my entire life. I am so excited. I am so excited. In the middle of the night, I woke up last night going, go back to sleep. I want to get a good score for my whoop. It really is next level. The Whoop app even has a built-in feature like the Strain Coach. I love the Strain Coach because it actually gives you a target exertion goal for the workout so you can optimally find the level of intensity your bodily is signaling that it can handle. So if you're stuck at home training, it's the perfect feature to use. I am using it today. I will let you know how it goes. It's the first time I've ever used a Strain Coach. I cannot wait. And based on how strenuous your day is, the app has a built-in Sleep Coach which actually lets you know how much sleep you should be getting so you can wake up and be recovered based on your performance goals, which you can set. For my listeners, Whoop is offering 15% off with the code BERT at checkout. Go to whoop.com and enter the code BERT. That is W-H-O-O-P.com and enter the code BERT at checkout to save 15% off. Sleep better like I did. Recover faster like I am. Train smarter and optimize your performance with whoop oh i've got my charger on that's the other great thing about this thing is the charger you don't have to take it off you can just slide it on whoop.com enter the code bert everywhere is running out of tp you know who doesn't need toilet paper people with tushy with tushy you use 80 percent less tp break up your toilet paper Treat your butt the right way with Tushy. Wiping your butt with dry toilet paper doesn't remove all the shit. If you got poop on any other part of your body, would you just wipe it with paper? 
and let, let it dry? No. You'd wash yourself. Water cleans better than dry paper. My friends, listen to me. Trust me. I have been hands-free for probably five years now. Thankfully, there's a new sleek bidet attachment that clips onto your existing toilet and sprays your butt completely clean with fresh water. It's called Tushy, and it's the best thing you can do for your butt. Tushy sprays directly to your ass and removes the poop completely so you aren't sitting on bacteria that leads to nasty things like hemorrhoids, yeast infections, UTIs, itchy assholes, itchy assholes, and skid marks. Bidets are common in the rest of the world. That's where I discovered them in Japan. They save you money on toilet paper. I mean, look, you still use, like, I use a titch just to dry my ass and make sure I'm clean, but trust me, it's clean. And they won't clog your toilets. Tushy sprays your ass with fresh water. It's not toilet water. It connects to the water supply behind your toilet to spray your dirty parts with clean, fresh water. It's the same water you'd brush your teeth with. Wet wipes are worse than toilet paper. Ask Joe Rogan. He literally was using wet wipes and it grew a monster in his front yard because it got clogged in the in the piping and then they had to redo all his plumbing. And they're terrible for the environment. They cause anal fissures. No one wants anal fissures. I mean, do you want anal fissures? Someone just screen grab that, send that to me, that little clip. Do you want anal fissures? I don't. And the best part, it's only $79. Go to hellotushy.com slash birdcast to get 10% off your order. That is hellotushy.com slash birdcast to get 10% off your order. I, I, like the problem being a comic is you always can be gossipy. I'm such a gossip. It's like I'm, one of the things. I'm, with my I'll wife. What I'm trying to get rid of, I'm trying to get rid of, I have a lot of, uh, I haven't drank in like 40 days no and way. yeah, I just, I just, uh, I, I don't know, man. I wish I had a reason for it. I wish, and I, well, by the way, I wish I had a reason for it. And I wish I didn't say it as much. I'm telling everyone, like, <laughs> like I, I tell everyone, like I haven't jacked off and like, but, uh, <laughs> but I, um, but one of the things I want to get rid of, and I don't know if it's connected to drinking. I don't know if drinking makes me not think about certain things, but yeah. I'm noticing that I'm having a lot of, I'm getting a lot of like, there's, there is some underlying anger somewhere in me that I'm like, it's coming out for no, like weird reasons. Like, uh, at that house, at that house that we yeah. own that no one, that we're never going to live in the, uh, there's, I get out of here. There's, there's a lot of homeless, homeless people are, uh, are definitely having their way with the property. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I feel, I have like fantasies of catching them and hitting them with baseball bat. Like, it's like fucking like the most, and I'm not that person. I don't know where they're coming from. That's not my point. What was my point? God damn it. We were talking about being happy and just and just leaving, letting go of like traditional, what you're supposed to do and what you need to do. And you're you talking about gossip. Kyle you're Cease. talking about gossip. Kyle Cease. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Remember Kyle Cease? Oh, yeah. Motivational speaker now. He's now a motivational speaker, which I think, which I really think was his natural direction. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm always leery of the motivational speakers. I'm, I'm always leery of the motivational speakers entirely. Well, how the fuck did you figure it out? Are you fucking serious? You think I'm gonna fucking trust you? You're out of your fucking mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me. Okay, being- okay. I'm gonna believe you. You're booking a five thousand seater and you're papering a room. I know I'm a too much about numbers. Don't fuck me. <laughs> you're just trying to move a book, motherfucker, dude. I I I cannot. I can't, I am very, I'm very skeptical about everything, but the point is, is that like, I think really, honestly, he was probably, he was so fucked up. I don't mean that bad, but like he was so confused and looking for guidance 
Right. And, and then I think motivational, motivational speaking is actually where he belongs more than comedy. In in my opinion. Okay. That, yeah. that, and I think he had a, he had a, he had sticky fingers with jokes, but <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I had the weirdest experience with him once. I, I, I haven't talked, you know, publicly shit about a lot of comics. So we all have I our- have, and it's gotten so, me in so much trouble. I have some. He's one on Jimmy Dore's podcast years ago. Oh, Jimmy Dore, Jimmy Dore hated him. Jimmy Dore hated, yeah, him. hated him. And he and he, but he found out that I did too because it was when he was doing a boot camp with I think Louis Anderson, and they were taking brand new, not even comics. They were taking people who hadn't done comedy, charging them a lot of money to do some week-long bullshit comedy uh, camp, and then sending a fucking tape of their performance to the bookers of late night. And I was furious because I'm like, dude, you're a fucking cannibal. You're attacking your own mm-hmm. and you're ruining these pe- these people. You're like giving the worst first impression. But I had a, uh, I used to do those NACA, those college circuit things, yeah, like the campus gigs. And I did a showcase with him and I got so pissed at him. He was the MC. For this showcase, and for people who don't know what this is, you you submit your tape, you get picked for these regional showcases if you're lucky, and when you're, it's usually for comics like myself at the time who were not making much money in clubs, and you can make a couple thousand dollars a gig at these colleges, but you have to do a showcase show and you have to perform well to get them to book you. So it's a big, you know, you fly out all that stuff. I was he was the MC, I was doing my showcase, and he kept popping out from behind the curtain and fucking with my set. Like, like coming out during my set at the showcase. And so then I spent part of my set just t- being like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Get out of here. And then, yeah. and then yelling at him afterwards. But I was like, what? And, and then right after that, he became like a motivational speaker. And I was like, nah, nope, not buying it. No, he, dude, he, uh, he was a really fun person to follow. He was a really fun person to follow. By the way, I, now I'm definitely get just gossiping, but he was such a wreck that he would say things like he did a video about Rebecca Black one time. Remember Rebecca Black was like that Friday song singing Friday. Oh, okay, okay, vaguely. She was vaguely. like she was like her dad paid for the video. I think I don't remember the whole thing, but yeah, he did something and it, and and it went viral and it was kind of shitty. And then Kyle did this video making fun of her and it went fucking viral, like wow. bigger than her thing. And then I guess he like went to bed that night and was like, what am I creating as content? Like, I'm just taking down someone who's succeeding and I'm succeeding off of their I'm I'm succeeding by trashing them. And right. then he wrote, he did like a post the next day that was like, I haven't, you could clearly see he hadn't slept at all last night. And he was like, wow. I'm just so sorry. Like there was a part to him that when, that's why I think I'm glad he found motivational speaking because I think he was really fucking not, all there like right like spiritual wise like i think you just it's out my point in that in all of this was to get to that comedy boot camp yeah if they could just do a comedy boot camp that was like that was like they showed like like us like regular comics going hey you don't you don't need to fucking be you don't need to win the super bowl you just got to be carson palmer like he, he right. like you can live in Idaho and have a great fucking life. You can yeah. like there, there's so many avenues like, yeah, yeah. Obviously like you look at like, I look at comics like, like Matt Iceman, right? He's hosting. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's hosting uh American Ninja warrior. He's been yeah. working his entire career and he's been doing it because he's a, he's a very intelligent dude. He's nice. Yeah. He's easy to fucking work with anyone that works with him. Just like he should do a seminar where he's like, Hey man, just don't be a dick. Show oh up, God. do the work, and just remember everyone's name, and they're gonna fucking hire you again. 
Yep. That's such, that's such a big thing. Uh, I was talking about like you and Regan and stuff earlier and just, uh, it, it actually used to make me sad uh, to hear this more in the clubs, but uh, I would hear, and, and my wife was coming around with me on the um, shows a lot these like last two years coming out. And I guess, and not to like, it sounds weird like talking about yourself, but I would have a reputation of just being like a nice guy. They're like, oh yeah, Dan's such a nice guy. Nice guy. Dude, right here. And it made me sad because I'm like, to me, I wasn't doing, I wasn't going out of my way to do anything super nice. Like I was just saying please and thank you and making sure to tip them, uh, making sure to announce for, like, just like to me, like basic level things. And it made me realize I'm like, Oh, so many comics coming through are such pieces of shit to the staff. Wow. It's that, so that by true. comparison, I'm nice. And I'm like, why are they doing this? And then I would just think I'm like th those guys, which, you know, I won't name, but I'm like, okay, well you better keep selling tickets because the second you start to dip, all these places are going to be fucking done with you because they hate your guts because you're an asshole. Like, just don't be an asshole. It's like, it's such an easy thing to do. Oh, yeah. it's, it's amazing. Uh, I think, I really think the, the majority of the majority of my success is that I'm a nice person. Like I'm, but I'm not, I'm a broken person just like anyone else. Like I'm fucking, trust me, I'm in my head. I have fucking anxiety attacks. I'm sometimes I'm quiet and people do not get when I'm quiet. They're like, Oh wow. Something's going on. And I'm like, yeah. no, I'm just going through some stuff. Or I'm thinking about stuff, but like for the most part, I like to giggle. And so, yeah, you have, yeah, you have a great, you have like a, an infectious laugh. Yes. I love giggling. It's my favorite thing in the fucking world. Like it's, it is so much fun to giggle. And, and by the way, it, it it just takes a little effort. The same way that these guys like uh, Jocko Willink, I always fuck his last name up, but he's like a Navy SEAL and he gets oh, up every morning at 4.30 in the morning and does kettlebells and jujitsu. The same way his brain says it's super easy, you just need to fucking get up and do it. The way his brain works yeah. where he goes, it's just a little bit, for me, it's, that's the way it is with giggling. It's just a little bit extra to find the funny thing in something and then try to celebrate it. And so I think that's, and I did that a lot at comedy clubs. Like I just said, just because I'm off stage doesn't mean the comedy's over. Let's fuck around. Let's do something fun. Let's, let's have a running joke. Like me and the bartender, let's have a running joke where let's see if we can drink everyone out of like my big thing for a period of time was like, let's come up with a drink on Sundays and see if we can drink them out of the drink. Like, let's see if the, yeah. me and the audience can drink them out of the drink. Like, let's just have fun. Let's you, let's do the way Steph Raffle. Let's uh, you know, I, and, and I think, and and I think that there aren't enough comics that do that. I think a lot of comics lay in bed and think it's me versus this guy or me versus that right. guy, as opposed to as opposed to like going like I get in bed. I can't tell you how much joy you've brought me by getting in bed and going, oh shit, that's right. Dan's been working. Like let's see what we got here. And then I flip through oh, and I'm like, oh, this is a brand new one. Like the last night, I can't even tell you when I opened my phone and I was like, oh my god, man, I haven't been catching up. I've got a lot of fucking listening to do. When you were talking about the giggling, we did one on a, on a, a sex-based suck about like fetishes and stuff. And so that's where this popped into my brain. But every time you would say giggle, like with your distinctive giggle, you know that there's like, there's a whole sexual fetish of tickling, like people who get oh, off on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, for sure. People have jerked off thinking about tickling you for sure. A hundred percent. I don't, and now I can't get that out of my head. I just think about people like watching some kind of porn, but having your laugh on like a fucking loop and just so hard. They're just, you know what Segura said to me the other day, he goes, how come I can laugh? Like he goes, he was saying this about himself. He goes, how come I can laugh 
at videos of myself laughing. And I was like, yeah, if I see a video of me laughing, I start laughing immediately. Like that needs to be a form of therapy. It's just <laughs> everyone record like themselves action. laughing and yeah. then watch it. I have videos of myself laughing that I watch probably once a month. That's hilarious. I, I'll hear it when they're editing like episodes uh, sometimes. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, a, uh, I'm like I, I sound like such a crazy person. Like every once in a while when I do this one, like, ha <laughs> I can do like a crazy and I'm like, oh, what is going on with me there? What's the, hard, what's the hardest you think you've ever laughed? Uh, I've, I've laughed. I'm man, I'm trying to think. Uh, oh my God. You, actually, recently, I was, every once in a while, I'll laugh where I'm you know, crying and I have a little bit of trouble breathing. Oh, and uh, I, I, was, I pulled the greatest fucking prank on my son just uh, four days ago. I fucked with him so, this is going to sound to some people so mean. But like, okay, first off, he's, he's not a kid who's easily scared like by horror movies and stuff. So I'll just set that up. So it's not like I was psychologically breaking him. I planned this out for weeks. I found the tiniest Bluetooth speakers I could find uh, on Amazon. They're they're like, I don't have one here, but they're like like the size of a little chapstick thing almost, but a little bit wider, very tiny. And uh, I got another phone, an old phone I don't use anymore, so I could link those two devices. And then I found the scariest, like demonic kind of noises, like sc- scary, like uh, ghost type sounds. And I fucking, I took that little tiny speaker and I hid it in his nightstand underneath the drawer where you could never find it. And then he goes to bed on Monday nights. You know, uh, I'm down in the living room. I give him like two minutes and I, I tested this all out. I play it on the lowest volume. And all of a sudden he hears from his drawers. He's laying in bed in the dark. Um, it was, uh, it was like the Freddy Krueger song that one, two, Fred. Actually, oh you know my what? God. No, I have it. I have the playlist right here. It, it was, uh, oh my God. I have a playlist called scare Kyler that just is on my phone. Oh my God. And I got this and I got, so this song out, oh, it was the ghost twin singing. It was ringing around the Rosie. Oh my God. He, he never yells. He's not an easily scared kid. I'm sitting downstairs. Dad, dad, come to my room. I run up. I, I push pause. So it's not playing anymore. Run up to his room. And I'm like, what's going on, buddy? What's going on? And he's like, there, there's a song. It was coming from my drawer. And I start laughing. And I'm like, sorry, sorry. Not, I'm trying to not laugh, buddy, but that sounds crazy. <laughs> we talk for like six minutes. And he's like, no, no, no. There was a song. And I'm like, I don't think so, buddy. And so that I sell him on this concept of auditory hallucinations and I get him to believe that he just oh my God. in his brain. And I'm like, Dude, there's no way. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm like, we, we watched Stranger Things earlier. Maybe that got into your head. And he's like, I'm kind of freaked out now. And I'm like, it's okay, buddy. We'll leave the light on. So now like he's, four, he's 14. We leave the light on in the hallway. I go back down. I wait like two minutes. And then I play this one. Like demon. Oh God. He's like, Dad, Dad. I fucking hit pause again, run up there. And I'm like, I'm looking through his drawer. I'm looking, I'm like, dude, there's nothing. I'm like, I'm sorry, man. We no more watching stranger things. I'm making him think like he's freaking himself out. He is just like out of his mind. He's like, I know I heard it. I know I heard it. And, and then, Oh, uh, so, so that was, I went back downstairs after that time. And I fucked up the last part of the prank. I, I didn't pay attention to how the, the distance was. So the yeah. prank, I was going to do it to him one more time, but then the prank ended where I went too far 
to try and take a video of myself talking about it. And I, and I went out of range and all of a sudden from his drawer, he hears Bluetooth disconnected. Oh my God. And then he was like, God damn. He's like, dad. And he was so <laughs> mad. And I couldn't even talk to him. I was laughing so hard. I had tears oh. going down my face. It's the best. It's that's the best part about having kids is I, we, uh, the, we had an earthquake, uh, two nights ago. Was it yeah. two nights ago? There was an earthquake in LA and uh, I'm, I'm laying in bed and I'm, I'm, um, I'm in and out of sleep and I, I feel the earthquake. And so I pop up and it sounded like someone was shaking our door and yeah. I pop up and I run back to where the girls are and George is at her door. She goes, did you feel that? And I go, <laughs> I go, yeah, what was that? She goes, it's an earthquake in Inglewood. And I go, did Isla feel it? And she goes, I don't know. And George and I go into Isla's room. Isla's got a bunk bed and she's sitting on her bunk bed frozen and I'm looking at her and I go, what's up? And she goes, is someone in the bottom bunk? <laughs> Dude, the best. This is, I'm going to post this to Instagram today. This is the hardest I've laughed in a while. Yeah. Yes. Last night, I'm in the living room. I go to sit in the living room. Isla's on the couch. And uh, I got ESPN on TV and Isla's shaking her head. And I go, what? And she goes, I mean... Who gets this excited to go to war? And I was like, what? She goes, these guys must love war, huh, dad? And I go, what do you mean? She goes, you look at them. Their families are cheering. They're cheering when they find out they're going to war. Uh She thought the NFL draft was a war draft? I go, baby, that's the NFL draft. And she goes, what? I go, they're going to play professional football. And she went, oh, okay. That makes so much more sense. Dude, I, oh. I videotaped it. I sat down. I heard her say it. Yeah. And then I just started videotaping the screen. And she was just saying it one more time under her breath. And I told her, I go, this is the NFL draft. He's going to be the quarterback for the Packers, baby. And she was like, oh. You thought it was like the Hunger Games. Yeah, she was like the Hunger Games. She's <laughs> That's the best. It was like the Hunger Games. She's like, oh, wow, Katniss loves this shit. That's a, oh my god! I mean, so like, what a weird thought process she was having. Like, she thought you were just so fucking sadistic, and then the and then the families of these poor like twenty year olds. She's like, Jesus, yes. they're sending them to fucking maybe die. Now, a lot of black in- kids go to war, Dad. No, yeah, a lot of black kids go to war, baby. I got to do that as a bit. That's fucking funny. I fucking as soon as you get oh, games, it's all weird. sometimes in life. Your your brain like with me with comedy. I will send things will happen and I think are funny and I'll share them, but it's not until I talk to like my wife or I tell it to another comic where they go, Oh, it's like the hunger games. You go, Oh fuck. This could be a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm having a hard time writing comedy lately. I haven't been, I haven't been like, I don't know if I'm, I'm going to drinking tonight for the first time. So I'm thinking, I'm hoping that it, it like kicks back up where you get that flood of like, Oh, yeah. I had a bunch of new ones right before this all hit. And now I'm just kind of like, put it all on pause. I'm waiting to, to work on it. I, um, I realized like, like I, I, I hadn't done anything about like, uh, like early childhood. It was interesting for me, like right before this kind of stuff stopped, I talked about, you know, my family or whatever, but I hadn't talked about weird shit that I done as a kid. Cause maybe I just didn't think it was that weird. Cause it was just my life or whatever. I was having so much fun before all this stuff, just talking about all the super dumb should I like I did as a kid like oh. I was like oh man I did a lot of super dumb stuff and just like weird it was oh, so much fun 
It's yeah, so you- funny. I just, I've been talking, I, I did a podcast with this, this woman, Dr. V. And then I talked to Tom about it, about what a weird kid I was. I never really thought I've always, I've always put everything on Isla and Georgia as like them being unusual kids. Right. And I recently been telling stories about what a weird child I was. And I, what you, what you just pass off is like, well, yeah, that's how I, that's the way I saw the world. People look at you and they're like, you only wore Speedos and knee high moccasins until you were 10. And you're like, well, yeah. Hey, right. Dude, but, I, I had, uh, it'll have to be a reaction from somebody else. I did a, I have a, oh yeah, I forgot to even mention it. I have a new special coming out on the 28th, this uh, get out of here devil, this new standup special. And one of the bits on it came from uh, time suck where I do a little Patreon version called the secret suck. where We talk about things on time suck or whatever. And Joe how's Patreon, how's Patreon work? Is that, is that good? It is. It's safe. It, it allows us to have employees and stuff. We have about, I don't know, a little over $8,000, a month subscribers. Oh, that's and fucking they- awesome. It pays for overhead. It allows us to do so many things. It's been it's been really cool, and it's just fun. Like I just do a little extra. I compare it to like Walking Dead versus Talking Dead. It's like a podcast about the podcast where we do kind of goofier stuff. And <laughs> on the secret suck, and one time doing that, I I just offhand mentioned that in high school I had fucked a banana peel in the bathroom at my job, and then I just moved on. I was like, yeah, I fucking took a banana in there and I fucked it, I fucked it, I guess. And then uh, anyway, and then this guy, Joe, he was like, wait, whoa, 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 what? And he, <laughs> and he was like, dude, that's ridiculous. That's crazy. And then I ended up telling the whole story on stage. And, you know, the audience, obviously, it's become a thing. We have like banana stuff all around the office now. But it was just like the, the first example of, for whatever reason, that wasn't a big deal in my head. Oh, and, yeah. That's a weird thing. And then I was thinking about all the other weird things I did. I'm like, oh yeah, I was a super weird kid. Like one, one thing I was working on right before this all went down was all these head injuries I had as a kid that my mom just never took like seriously. I was always hurting myself. And then one of the dumbest ones, <laughs> one of the dumbest ones was I used to watch a lot of Tom and Jerry and you know, they would step on a rake and would smack them in the face. And I was like, there's no way, there's no way that would happen in real life. So I got my, my grandpa's house. I set a rake out in the grass and then I talked to a neighbor kid named Levi. I wanted him to step on the rake, but I couldn't just tell him, Hey man, jump on this rake and let's see if it hits you in the face. So I just invited him over for a race. I'm like, let's just race around the house for 20 laps. And I kept trying to steer him into the rake. Like I was just like over and over. I'm like, fuck, come on. I'm trying to like get him to step on this rake. And he found out what was happening. He's pissed off and he goes home. So I'm like, I got to figure it out. And I start stomping on it and I would have my hand out to make sure it didn't hit me. And, and then it didn't work. So I thought it was like a broken rake. It's like a met. I was like, that's defective. And I'm getting mad. Eventually I jump up in the air as high as I could. Don't have my hands out, slam both feet down. That thing fucking laid me out on my back. <laughs> it hit me so goddamn hard directly in the forehead. And I went like arms out, just laying in the yard, almost unconscious, like seeing like spots. Oh, cartoon lump on my forehead and my my grandpa it was the hardest i'd ever seen my grandpa laugh like he he was dying but i have like a million like little things i'm like oh there's something there there's something i was just starting to work them out before this all kind of went down yeah i had a new hour i had a new hour uh that i was that i was pretty i I thought could i could figure out um but i had you know it's so funny I, i had a great bit about this is before, you know, before any, before the coronavirus was what it is yeah. now, obviously. Like right when you started hearing rumblings of the coronavirus. Yeah. 
Tom's wife, Christina, uh, texted Leanne. We were, I was starting the tour in Burlington, Vermont. She texted Leanne like, Hey, listen, uh, super scary. Uh, coronavirus just broke out where Georgia school is. She was like, you may want to check this out. And it's a link to an article and Leanne didn't read it. She just grabbed the link, sent it to all the softball moms, sent it to Georgia, sent it to Isla. Like, Hey guys, super scary. Read this link. And then we landed and Leanne's phone was fucking going off. She was like, I don't think that link went to the coronavirus. And I opened it and it's that big black dude naked just sitting like this. By the way, this is before anyone knew who that guy was, right? No one knew that guy. I know exactly the picture. Yeah. And so, and so the, and so I would have to act out who it was, but it was like, some people got it, but not everyone got it. And now I go, God damn it. I wish I could be telling that right now. Because everybody the best was, and, 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 you know, you just write it real quick and then you're like, I got half of it. I'll figure out the rest. I got to get some other stuff up and running. But the best was, uh, that's how you find out who's cool and who's not cool real quick is the replies. And you're like, Oh, I hope that doesn't hit my house. Oh, are you sure it's a coronavirus? I think I had that in college. <laughs> so, and then she sent it to our daughters. And so it was, a, so it was a good bit, but it'll be, everyone's going to have their big black eye dick joke when we get back. I know it is weird to like that kind of stuff. And then you don't even know, like, will, will we have already moved on to the, whatever the next thing is going to be by then. It's just like so hard to get a gauge right now, writing wise, like what's, what's going to be the thing. Oh, uh, I got into a conversation today about whether or not like we, cause you know, everyone's experiencing the same, basically we're all experiencing the same life right now. Like we're not getting, it's, it's a very, it's a weird point in history where right. we are all experiencing roughly the exact same days and we're getting the same media and yeah. so all of us all i mean chris cuomo is going to come out of this with so so on top because everyone's been experiencing him and right. i was texting today with some friends and we were saying do you think he was really that sick or do you think that it was his civic duty to play that sick because if he didn't everyone would be like this fucking virus is bullshit Oh my God. I didn't even think about that angle where like, it could be like, you know, irresponsible in theory for him to tell the truth. If, it, if he if, wasn't, yeah. Like, if, if he came out and he was like, it's guys, it's not that bad. Like I worked out, I feel good. Uh, I, I'm, you know, like at times I'm, I can feel like achy, but right. I really, I'm, I'm not like at no point do I want to go to the hot, which is true. You never went to the hospital. Yeah. You know, the way he, the way he would say it was like the beast comes out at night. As those dealing with it like me know that at night is when the beast rears its head and I have to deal with it. And so we were texting back and forth and you're like, you know, he is super melodramatic. Yeah, the beast. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty. Did you ever see sad. the video of the dude calling him Fredo? No. Oh, bro. I talked to Rogan about it. It's maybe one of my favorite videos. I, I don't. I say I say favorite videos. And I, 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 it's not because I don't like videos where. uh where like a civilian, I say civilian in that someone not in the public eye, yeah, uh, baits a celebrity with a cell phone, knowing that they're not not knowing they're being filmed, baits yeah. a celebrity's reaction. I don't like that. I think it's bullshit, but it is fucking comical. These just meatheads from Long Island see Chris Cuomo and they're like, "Hey, Fredo," because <laughs> he's like, you know, and he gets fucking mad and you can't ever show your hand when you're a celebrity you can't show your hand at what really makes you mad because then right. that becomes your thing forever ah yeah yeah dude when but you, he gets up in their face and it says it's the equivalent of calling him the n-word 
when, when you were talking about like the, uh, the thing going viral, like the big dude, you know, that with his, uh, yeah. that guy, did, did you get the, um, the voicemail? The, that's the funniest thing I've, I've heard as far as going viral about the CDC warning. Yeah. Oh my God. That killed me because I thought it was real for the first time. I'm like, John Huck, this comic sent it to me. I know John Huck. And, and I was like, at first I was like, holy shit. How did they find out that he was in contact with somebody? And how did they, and then they call him. And then he gets to that point of like, because you have a tiny penis. People with tiny penises are much more. <laughs> I, just, I was just thinking about your, your litmus test there. As far as, you know, Leanne, like the, whoever sent that and was offended. It's like, oh, they're just not a fun person to hang out with. Oh yeah. I thought that the same thing with the voicemail. It's like uh, whoever could just hear that and be like, Oh, this, this is a serious thing. It's like, Oh, you're just, you're oh, not, there not should be, there should be some sort of uh, people who get offended on stuff like that. They should, yeah. they should quarantine those people and, and teach them until they like show them horrible videos of like, of like, uh, of like clitoral uh, fucking. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Like just show them, show them that like, Hey, we're, the world's really a fucking horrible place. There's some yeah. real atrocities going on. They just lit a dude on fire with a tire around his neck in Africa. Cause he stole a pillow. Like calm the fuck down. Yeah. I, I remember talking to a buddy down when I was still in on LA, this guy I would hang out with his buddy of mine date. And we talk about that. Just not understanding people who are easily offended. Just like the, the overall headspace where there's all this real shit out there in the world. And, but then if you say fuck in front of them, they're just like, Oh my, or, you know, like, like what a terrible way to live your life where you're just constantly being offended just anywhere you go out in the world. You know, because it doesn't live up to your standards of how you think. I've, I've always had issue. I've always had issue with, um, you know, one of the things I like. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to vocalize it. Uh, make this vocalize this properly. I'm gonna. It'll. I'll fuck it up. But like, I've never. When they put people in, say, like first worlds on a certain standard, and then ignore the way third worlds are living. Right. Or third worlds. That sounds racist calling them third worlds. But like, but like, for instance, uh, like the way that what's always upset me is the way that liberals can't see the inequality in the Middle East sometimes towards, and I say Middle East as a, I don't know exactly where, but towards women, women's right. rights. And they go, no, if you shame that culture, that's racist. And I go, hold Get on. Fuck out of here. Yeah. Got to be like some middle ground of finding. Yeah allowing someone to have their culture, but then eradicating the stuff that dehumanizes people right. in said culture. Right. And, like so, that's, and cultures aren't equal. That, that's that thing with me. I have no problem with that. Like people who think that someone of a particular race is born inherently superior or inferior to anybody else is nonsense. Just yeah. fucking logical nonsense. But people who think that all cultures are the same, get the fuck out of here. Some cultures are way fucking shittier than others. Yeah. Like, they're super misogynistic. Uh, some cultures are super racist. That's like a weird thing that I feel like it's ignored. Where oh, it's like uh, hardcore. Yeah, you know, like um, people would like. I remember think like with like World War II, like oh man, why would why would the Japanese be aligned with uh, the Nazis? Uh, because the Japanese culture for hundreds of years was crazy fucking racist. <laughs> like one of the most racist fucking groups of people on earth. Yeah. And it's weird, like, but then as like a white guy, if you say that, it's like, well, then you're being racist. No, I'm being intelligent. I'm acknowledging something. Yeah, I read a book and then, I, or I watched a documentary on the fucking uh, Russian Revolution. And when Czar, when Nicholas, as a young man, traveled to Japan, a fucking uh, samurai saw him and just figured he's white. He's a fucking animal. 
and he fucking hit him on the head with a samurai sword and took part of his skull out. <laughs> part of the reason the Russians went to war with the Japan with Japan was Tsar Nicholas kept calling them monkeys. He's like, oh my God. The translation, the translation of the word he was using was a monkey. And I was like, by the way, a little sidebar to that. I said to Isla, I go, we're wa- the, the last night we watched a documentary on uh, on the Russian Revolution. And yeah. I was like, because I was like, that's my homeschooling. I'll just watch documentaries about shit that I find interesting and hope she cares. And they're yeah, showing yeah. St. Petersburg. And I go, you know, I used to live. She goes, we get, we know, dad. We all know. We heard the story. I was like, whoa, fuck. Jesus, tough crowd. But, but yeah, it's it's interesting that there are certain things, certain blind. Like I got really kind of. I mean, you know, Biden, like I'm not, by the way, I do not mean to talk politics. I don't know anything about oh, yeah, politics. Yeah. I'm just yeah, talking I'm not, like, like yeah. glancing blows. Like, sure, sure. Um, Biden, Louis CK donated money to Biden and Biden returned the money and said he didn't want his money. But Louis, but Biden has like a, a, a skin beef also that on under his belt. <laughs> and so it's kind of weird that you're like, I understand that he has to give mo- Louis CK his money back. Right. You no, know, like. He can't, he can't go, the second he takes his money, then all of a sudden they're going to just destroy him. And the second he gives him back, I think Louis C.K. should have been smart enough to go, I'm le- I, maybe I won't make it. You know what? Maybe I just won't give him money anyone. Maybe I'll just stay in my fucking lane. Like, right. I know Louis was trying to do the right thing and go, here's some money. I think you're the right candidate. But it just... I, with, with politics, I'm so dis... Like, as I've gotten older, like I've become equally disappointed in the left and the right. Like as far as on the far sides, I am probably more, I I will say this. I'm probably more disappointed and this will surprise people. I'm probably more disappointed in the left than I am the right at times because at least the right's predictable. The left has been so unpredictable sometimes where I just go, I like, and by the way, I'm not speaking my politics. I'm not telling anyone my politics (laughs) at all. But I'm just saying, like, hey, guys, we want a new president, right? Like, let's go the best route to do that. And then let's all get on the same fucking page because right. we're just eating ourselves up here. Like, this is right. no one can. Are you really going to fucking hold Biden to a standard of going? You He was a he was like racing hot rods in the 40s and the 50s. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, yeah. He said the N word a lot growing up. He had to. He's a fucking white man who was born in privilege, like, right. come on. Like that, that's a weird thing on the left that, uh, uh, I'm amazed where it's like, you know, I think, I think the far left considers themselves like academically kind of superior or more like educated or whatever, but then they're so, uh, in my opinion, like, um, illogical in certain ways with context, like what you're talking about, where it's like, they'll want to tear somebody apart for saying a word in the, say the 1950s when everybody was fucking saying it. And it's like, you can't hold 1953 to the same standard as, as 2020. Like I got the most kickback I got for any episode of time suck was Andrew Jackson because they're like, how could you talk about any of the redeeming qualities of a slave owner? And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. He owned slaves in 1810, not 2020. It's like, yeah. it's like, if, if you go down that path and I remember like defending it this way, I'm like, Oh, then, then everybody from the past gets taken down. Martin Luther King is taken down because he was a womanizer. All the founding fathers get taken down because they were fucking racist. Like, it, like literally everybody gets taken down. Ari you know? had one of the best TV shows ever. And it was, and he, he's Ari and he didn't fucking, he just, 
I don't know. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say anything, but it was the best. It was basically pulling out the flaws of all the heroes and showing the flaws of all the heroes. Uh-huh. And, and it was, it was a really brilliant idea. And uh, I wish he had done it. Cause I think it would have been a fun show to watch, but you're right. Everyone's got flaws. And when you go back and you try to pick out, you know, it's funny. I did a, you know, do you know, Miss Pat? Uh, I had, I, I have a, Oh man. There was, yeah, yeah. I know of her. I've not met her. I, I have a great story about her, but I don't. What's the story? There was, a, there was a video. You know, you know Chris Bowers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. He has a video. I thought this was hilarious. He took me to his apartment one time. I was working in Indianapolis, and he had a little, like, uh, vault. I'm blanking on it now. Whatever. Safe. A safe. There we go. Yeah. Inside this fireproof safe was literally just one DVD. That was all that was in this safe. <laughs> Dude, leave it to Bowers to fucking have some dramatics, right? Yeah, yeah. So he has this, and it was a DVD that he said Ms. Pat, uh, he promised to her he would not <laughs> release it because she didn't want it to be out there. I would want it to be out there if it was me. I think it's fucking great. And it was at um, Morty's, uh, their final location, or no, second to last location before they were gone. They had a camera set up where they would record the shows in the back of the room, and it was open mic. And Ms. Pat, this is years back, was hosting their open mic. And some dude on stage was just uh, kind of being a dick. And, and I guess the whole story was he had been really disrespectful to her before the show and just be like, you know, like, do you know who I am? Like he was the guy who had never done comedy before. And he's been super cocky. Then called her a bitch. He goes up on stage, eats it. And then, uh, and, and, and they have some exchange that you can't quite hear him on stage, her in the back of the house, something else goes on. She goes up on stage and just makes fun of him. And, and the crowd kind of goes crazy, you know, just about what, what, how unfunny he was, how he was a dickhead. He co- starts to come back on stage, and he's a smaller man than her. White dude or black dude? Uh, black dude. So he's like a small black guy. You know, she's like a, a more, you know, she, she, she's, not a, she's not waifish. You know, she looks like she can handle herself. And, and uh, she beats his fucking ass. She jumps off the stage, and you hear her. her you hear her fist hitting his face. And you hear him screaming like, bitch, get off me, bitch, get off me, bitch. Stop hitting me. Stop hitting me. And then then she goes back up on stage, talks about beating his ass, takes her weave off. And then she's like, motherfucker, you made me take off my weave. And then she's going crazy on stage. Then he comes back. She grabs the mic stand and she's going to fucking beat the shit out of him with the mic stand. Somebody else comes and grabs, goes, Miss Pat, Miss Pat, don't do it. Don't do it. Like they have to grab the mic. It was so dramatic and amazing. And then she recomposes herself and is funny again on stage. Like she just beat the shit out of a dude in front of this open mic audience, gets back up on stage and fucking kills. I'm like, why does she not want this out there? It's one of the greatest things I've ever seen on That's stage. That's fucking awesome. It was, uh, it was like, it's like a fantasy of mine. I've, I've never gotten in a physical altercation with the heckler, but I've had fantasies about wanting oh. to beat the shit out of hecklers. And she did it. Yeah. I've, I've, I've never really, I never really gotten, I haven't had that many issues with hecklers or, or people in the audience. Yeah. And I, and if I have, I've always felt bad because I've, I'll take it too far and then I feel bad about it. I did that early on too. So I, I'm pretty easy on them now. Cause I, I, the crowd sometimes would like it, but then I would reflect on the things I'd said later. And I'm like, I don't want that. Yeah, I did it. I did. I lit someone up. In uh, no, I'm not even let him up. Actually, totally opposite. I I did Sacramento uh, 
the punchline one time in Sacramento and, and there was a white guy and an Asian girl mm-hmm. and the, the guy was kind of a dork and, uh, and the girl was not laughing. She didn't laugh the entire show. Okay. And then I don't know what we got on, but we got onto something about, I don't, I don't even know where it was, but I said something about her and him. And, and I bet your parents loved you bringing home him or whatever. Right. And then he said, she got mad, and then he said, how disrespectful to place old Asian stereotypes on her. She doesn't deserve that. And I went, so I'm sorry. And then everyone was like, fuck him, Bert. Fuck him. And I was like, no, 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 no. I said, I said you know, I, I apologize. I, that is, and that's, that's wrong of me to do. I apologize. That's awesome. And I said, and I said you know, man, uh, I did do that. I assumed, because you're a white guy and you're really white, and she is Asian and she's looks like i go and i was by the way i'm still trying to be funny i go she looks like english isn't her first language and he was like you're doing it again and i went you're right i am doing it again but i'm just you understand and i tried to explain i go my job is to kind of like read this interaction and then sure. and then and then interact with it and and i gotta i gotta make some like calls on the fly and then she said in the most broken english like and by the way this is what it sounded like to me you know nothing. And I went, huh? And I was, and then I looked at him and I was like, she doesn't speak any English. And he was like, no, she speaks a little English. And I went, hold on. So you were you right. Met, I go, have you met her parents? And he goes, no. And I said, is this like our first date? And he goes, we've been dating for about a year. And I went, why well, haven't you met her parents? And he goes, just haven't. And then she said something and he said something to her and she goes, oh, no, 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 no. And I went, you motherfucker, you, f- how dare you fucking put it on me that I'm racist when I was just right. Like right. you and their parents, cause they're never going to fucking meet you. You're not going to be, oh my God. And then she, by the way, she didn't understand anything. Dude, the best is I got one even better than that. One time, by the way, I released this on a podcast one time. I'm going to fuck it up because I know that people have heard this and it's yeah. accurate. I said to a guy in the audience, oh, I'm going to fuck this up. Totally. I, I said I was in Connecticut. I was in Hartford and I was talking to a black chick and a white guy. And based on what he was wearing, I assumed without speaking to him that he wasn't from the United States. Okay. I just was like, he's African. Like he's from Africa. No one wears that polo hat anymore. Like <laughs> just the way he was dressed, like sure. just reeked of like, I, those, yeah, it was his shoes. His shoes were like, uh, were like, uh, you know, the kind of shoes that you race at Ferraris with that are like skinny and tiny little yeah, ballet yeah. shoes. Right. Right. And I didn't, I didn't even know that you just do it so quick where you just go, Oh, he's not from this country. And then you say, so where are you from? And yeah. he goes, huh? And I said, what country are you from? And she goes, Oh, what? Cause he's dark. He's got to be from a different country. And I went, excuse oh, me. I wouldn't even look at his skin color. She goes, right. How fucked up? How fucked up do you think he's from a different country? I go, I'm sorry. I go, I'm just looking at his clothes. I just looked at it and I just, I assumed he's not from this country. I go, I'm sorry, sir. Right. I go, where are you from in Connecticut? And he goes, I'm from Nigeria. And I went, fuck you, cunt. I was like, how dare you? Yep. I'm like, I'm an expert at this. By the way, I am just setting the scene for like, wow, Bert really just barely gets to know people and just guesses where they're from based on what they're wearing. 
No, but, but you can like, you can read, I mean, like, like, uh, you know, like Eastern European, like that's for whatever reason, a lot yeah. of like, uh, I can tell by someone's facial that. features. Right. And it's a different, it's just like different makeup, a little different hairstyle, everything's yeah. a little bit like, no, nah, it's not quite, it's a little off. And, and then you just know like, oh, you're not from, to me, that, that's not, that's just, again, that's not a racist thing. That's just like, yeah, you're fucking, you've, you've traveled, you understand different parts of the world and you're just using that part of the intelligence. And you know, and the interesting thing I thought when you go back to the, the couple, the Asian woman and the white dude, uh, why, why won't her parents, you know, uh, why don't her parents want to meet this guy? Because they're racist. That's something that's never get like really brought up. I remember one time working with an Indian comic and, uh, and he was doing stuff on stage about white people being racist about, you know, making stereotypes and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, just kind of easy jokes about white people, whatever. And then I meet him and a bunch of his friends like this week uh, that we're working together and uh, we get arranged marriages gets brought up and it was like super prevalent in his like peer group where they're still doing arranged marriages. They're not arranging them with fucking white people. It's like only with other Indians. And I'm like, how, how fucking dare you go up and act like you're like all culturally evolved when your culture, the part of it that you're from is super fucking racist. That's that is brilliant right there is that how dare you go up and insult America for being racist when where you're from? Oh, oh. Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine if that happened like over here, the news things, if like, okay, like a few, like you start, you know, years back, you know, you're, you're dating and you're dating some like whatever, any kind of race isn't white. And they want to meet your parents. Like, ah, I'm sorry, I can't. And then, and then you tell them like, well, you know, it's been tradition for many generations of my family for the parents to pick, you know, other white people for their kids to marry. That would be crazy. People would lose their minds. But somehow if it's a, but somehow if, if you make fun of that in another culture, you're like xenophobic. And it's like, no, 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 no. The rules have to be the same for everybody. Yeah. Right. Or they don't make any sense. It, there's it was, not uh, it's, it's like that. With, it's like that. I remember I, I was, I won't say his name because everyone knows this person. I was friends with a Jewish comic and he was talking about the girl he was dating and he wished he could introduce her to a mom, but it's, he couldn't. And I was like, why not? And he goes, Oh my God, my mom would never, uh, my mom wants me to marry a Jewish person. So I'm just, I'll, you know, you fuck her. And then I'm going to fuck her for a little bit, but then I'm not going to marry her. I couldn't marry her. She's not Jewish. And I went, do you realize that's kind of racist? He's like, not at all. It's very different. And I went, I did. I was like, but, th- but then his defense was, and I, and I, you, I got, you got to hear this is it is it was, he goes, no, you understand, man. They tried to exterminate us. Like I, by my mom's standards, I'm supposed to keep our race alive. I know whatever Judaism is a race or whatever. I'm supposed to keep our people alive by breeding only with our people. So I can make more Jewish people because they did kill 6 million of us. So I'm just saying, and I was like, I understand, but you got to understand. And he's like, he's like, that's the whole never again thing is like, you got to keep, this is what we got to do this for our people. I got to be honest with you. It made sense of why Jewish people only marry Jewish people. It did, did make sense. But then, but then he shouldn't lead anybody else on to think that they might be marriage material if they're not. As long, I guess as long as he's clear, yeah. it's like, Hey, we're just going to fuck, but I can't marry you. Cause you're not the right. Culture. It was so fucked up. It was so fucked up to me. Go, go, how are you going to fuck? That's almost like, Oh yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, I'll date Italian chicks. They're easy, you know, but when it comes to marrying, I'm marrying a good fucking Irish girl. You don't want to fucking marry the Italians. They're whores. Right. It's crazy. And, th- and that's a weird one, like with the Judaism, because there's obviously like religious based and, uh, you know, genetic based. 
So that would only make sense to me if you, if the mom is like, okay, not only do you have to marry somebody who's Jewish, but you have to marry somebody who is Jewish, you know, uh, genetically, like, like from the, the Middle East, like part of the, like descendants of the original tribe kind of thing. Oh, 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 by the way, this person hated Israelis, hated Israelis. He was like, dude, fucking Israelis are animals. And I was like, for real? By the way, I've I've based all my opinions on Israelis. The little I know about Israelis based off this one comic who despise them. And by the way, it's, it's, it goes without saying I'm speaking for all Jewish people right now, but the majority of Jewish people in America can't stand Israeli. Oh, you know, I, that's, I, cause I've had lots of Jewish friends, especially from LA. My wife, actually, she only basically had like Jewish friends. She's down there, but I did not, I did not know that. Uh, oh, I would have, assu- I would not have assumed that. That's interesting. Oh, uh, I can't really go too into detail. Uh, I could kind of, but, uh, so the, the woman that helped, I can do this, I guess I feel bad if it, I don't think she'd care really. I don't think she'd care because I don't think she'd notice. The woman that helped us buy this house was yeah. uh, Jewish, Orthodox Jewish. Okay. And and we were always looking at houses with this Israeli couple was always, every house we looked at, there was this Israeli couple that must have been in the same price range as us. And at one point, someone she worked with was on the phone and was like, you got to get there before the fucking animals. And we were like, what? She was like, the fucking Israelis, they're goddamn animals. Like, you can't oh trust God. these Israelis. Like, really, you want to know something crazy? We got this house because we weren't Israeli, because the people we bought it from were Jewish, and they didn't want to sell to Israelis. Like, and, it was, it- and we're just two white people going right. like, hey, can everyone keep your mouth shut? You sound racist, and we're trying... We're, we're trying our hardest not to look racist. We are the people that created racism. Can everyone just, and I, the whole time I was like, what the fuck's wrong with Israelis? I have no problem. I've never met, I, I've never met a ton of Israelis, but like, sure. I don't really fucking care. Mid-roll reads. Mid-roll reads. What are they? These are mid-roll reads. Today's podcast is brought to you by Policy Genius. As an insurance marketplace, Policy Genius talks a lot about how unpredictable the future is. That's why insurance exists in the first place. Right now, life is unpredictable and scary. Look, there are enough brands out there telling you how we're all in this together. Instead, here's Policy Genius's top three unpredictably positive things from April. Thousands of dogs and cats across America have found new homes. I actually called that laying in bed today. I was like, I bet a lot of people are adopting cats and dogs. Everyone could use a friend. Everyone now is a baker. Fresh bread is Freaking awesome. Thank you, Tom Papa. He sends over fresh bread all the time. And people across the world are acting with kindness, compassion, and heroism. Now, there is no graceful segue here, but Policy Genius is an insurance marketplace, and there's a big demand for life insurance right now. So if you're looking to get life insurance, here's how they can help. Policy Genius compares quotes from the top life insurance companies in one place. It compares all those in one place, and it takes just a few minutes to compare quotes from the top life insurance policies to find your best price. This doesn't just save a lot of legwork. It could also save you $1,500 or more by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. Once you apply, Policy Genius's team will handle all the paperwork and red tape for free. They're in contact with the life insurance companies every day, monitoring developments and helping customers navigate every step. So if you're one of the many people looking to buy life insurance right now, but you're not sure where to start, 
head to Policy Genius. Policy Genius will find you the best rate and handle the process completely. You can stop worrying about life insurance and get back to baking bread, adopting a pet, or just being kind, considerate, and human. Policy Genius. Today's podcast is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Okay, so we all know how ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, right? But there's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Now that so many of us are stuck at home, it's only a matter of time that you run out of movies and stuff to watch on Netflix. So this whole week, I've been using ExpressVPN to binge watch Doctor Who on UK Netflix. The girls are obsessed with Doctor Who. Everyone knows I'm a hardcore time travel kind of junkie. So it's super simple to do. I just fire up the ExpressVPN app, change my location to the UK, refresh Netflix, and that's it. See, ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want the sites to think you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries. So just think about all the Netflix libraries you can go through. Love anime like my daughter Isla? Oh, use ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix and be spirited away. It's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there. But the reason I use ExpressVPN is to watch the shows because it's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag. You can just stream in HD, no problem. ExpressVPN is also compatible with all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. You can watch what you want on a personal device or on the big screen, wherever you are. If you visit my special link at expressvpn.com slash Bert, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Show support for the show and watch what you want. Protect yourself with ExpressVPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bert. That's expressvpn.com slash Bert. Isn't that a funny thing about just humans in general, just like tribalism, how that still exists so strong today where it's like, you know, like people throw, will throw around a word like, like Christian, whatever. But then like within the Christian faith, there will be, you know, the Pentecostals. Okay. My grandma, grandpa was a Pentecostal minister. And what's, my, that, what's that mean? I don't even know what that means. Pentecost. It's like a, it's like a Protestant denomination of Christianity that uh, to me, it's like, they believe in like the gifts of the, oh, it's been so many years, but like the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, laying on of hands. It's pretty literalist. Like, hi, yeah. Like that shit. Like, like, oh, Jesus, make it, get the cancer. I, re, I rebuke you. Cancel. Oh, okay. You know, I like, like Pentecostal. <laughs> it's it's pretty, my church been pentecostal i might still be going to church you know like the snake charmers the people like they get bit by the snakes and stuff it's just a hair in some cases more how, uh, how than exciting that. do you think church would have been if they had pulled out a, a fucking pillowcase full of rattlesnakes and they're like oh who's ready for church you'd be like this motherfucker's <laughs> getting bit today <laughs> that would be a good one to watch just to watch that is that's a whole not, oh that's so fucking crazy to me, but my my Pentecostal grandma tried to tell me uh, that I shouldn't go to college and that I definitely shouldn't go to Gonzaga where I went because quote the Catholics had ruined the Bible and they were all going to go to hell. Like she believed that to her dying day. Yeah. That every, everyone who was not Pentecostal, she, she was like a Christian who hated every other Christian who wasn't part of her tiny little piece of the pie. 
and they all were wrong and they're all going to fucking burn. But it's my like, grandma, my grandma also. My grandma, when I got married, engaged to my wife, said, yeah. oh God, we need to stop it. She's a Baptist. They fuck in the butt. That's what they do. That's how they like, remain virgin. Yeah, bro. <laughs> and I was like, and I remember going like, oh my God. And she didn't come to my, she didn't come to my wedding because of it. She didn't come to your wedding? She didn't approve of the marriage. And by the way, she loved my wife. My wife did not care. She got a kick out of my grandmother. My grandmother was old school, yeah. like old school, old school, old school, like old school yeah. hateful. And so, so, uh, and my grandma, but my mom, my wife loved her. She thought she was really a neat lady. She was a neat lady. And she had the girls call her once a week, her whole life until she passed. And my grandmother loved my wife Lo- at the end, loved uh-huh. my wife. But keep I'm sorry, keep going. Did you, no, no, I'm just thinking about your grandma. Was there ever like, did you, were you ever tempted just to like mess with your grandma and be like, but you know what? You were, you were right. There's, there's a lot of butt fucking. <laughs> <laughs> you did, you did, you did crush that. So yeah. <laughs> I didn't know about that stereotype that there was the, 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 the butt fucking Baptist. Yeah, um, she was like, they're, she's like, they're dirty. They're uneducated. You can't trust them. They ba- Baptist got a really bad rap in the South. Baptists were, were very uh, simple people. They were like, not, they just weren't, I, I I mean I, I st- this is really crazy. My wife was born and raised Baptist. Yeah, I had I I definitely felt, and I went to a few Baptist church. Ba- Baptists were a little bit the mouth breathers uh, uh, in the South. Like if you, if you knew someone was Baptist, you knew like like there was just I, I wasn't what Catholic. Was for me was, what? What was your grandma like? What was her church then? Catholic. Oh, fucking hardcore. Oh, Catholic. of course. Compared to Catholic, yeah. I feel like Catholics. Catholics look down on almost all of the Protestant ones where, cause, oh. cause it is different like with the Catholics, you know, they got the priest, it's form of the Latin mass sometimes still it's, um, you know, the kneeling, the pop, the fucking things they got like the rituals. It's, it's it way was, it just, even in just what you wore to church. Like I remember going to Baptist church and it was a little more, uh, a little more working class outfits. Yeah. Like, yeah. like then when you went to mass, you were in your Sunday's best loafers, khakis, yep. uh, uh, like a like a pink Izod, like you looked wealthier at Catholic church than you did at Baptist. Baptist was always like uh, a gravel parking lot yeah. in the middle of the woods. Like, yeah. and you can go a step beyond that. You can go to the non-denominational community church. And that was kind of like where I grew up. Yeah. Well, that's basically like they're not affiliated with anybody, and they look down. They look down on anybody who's affiliated with anyone else. Where they're like, you don't need all these rules and regulations to talk to God. And it would be like going to somebody's fucking trailer to sit in their living room and talk about the Bible. And th- I mean, just like it, I love like all the levels of that. Oh, dude, it's so crazy. That that's where the cults. I feel like a lot of the cults get going. You know, when you get like the loosier, goosier you get, that's when people start be like, well, actually, we probably need to live together. And then I talk about God, and I'm gonna. I got to fuck you guys in this trailer while you're touching the snakes. I don't know. I remember one time we were high with Rogan. This is back in the day. This is like a long time ago. And by the way, if this, if if anyone says this didn't happen, then believe them first. Okay. But like I was high as fuck. I remember, I want to say it's on a podcast. Uh, This sounds so fucking crazy, but there was a period where Joe, and if look, once again, Joe said this didn't happen. It didn't happen. I remember this distinctly. I remember him high as fuck pontificating like, I wonder if I could start a cult. It was like nine years ago, right? He was like, what if we just moved to Santa Barbara 
We all got houses in Santa Barbara, like a big compound. I wonder if I could start a cult. Like, and I remember for Dan, sure. I was, I was like, I was like, I'm in, I'm in so quickly. Like I'm looking for anything right now. <laughs> he for sure could. He for sure. Oh, could. He actually really could. Now that's why I say it was a joke back then that I, you know, like he was fucking around. We were high, we were drunk. Now he could definitely start a cult. He could definitely start a cult. I feel like you, you saw Tiger King, right? Oh yeah. Okay. So like, you know, like the, the, the one dude, uh, blanket on his name with the ponytail that has the women, uh, the blo- the white guy. Doc, yeah. Yeah. Doc, Doc Anson, I think. Yep. And, uh, I, I feel like so many dudes probably had the same reaction to him because he got questioned about basically you have a cult because he's, you know, he has these women living in different houses. He's with all these women. And I, I just, <laughs> I just wonder a lot of, a lot of co-viewing going on right now. I wonder how many dudes watching that with their wife when their wife was like, Oh my God, what a piece of shit. That's so fucked. We're thinking like, Nailed it. You figured it out. You fucking got it. I wish I had, I wish I had cult leader confidence. Like those guys that have a lot of confidence put some fucking, like I, I, I got really obsessed. It might've been through you to be dead honest with you. Um, did you ever do a, did you ever do, um, a time suck on Ruby Ridge? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it was through you. I think I got obsessed with Ruby Ridge through you. And then I started watching documentaries and I couldn't get enough about it because yeah. by the way, I know what I'm about to say. And I know it sounds like I'm supporting white supremacists. <laughs> I'm not, but I, I'm what I'm supporting is that guy that, that de- on Ruby Ridge, he yeah, got Rick fucked. Peter. He wasn't a white supremacist. He was just a guy that kind of needed friends. It sounded like to me who c- sought off a shotgun and then fucking went head to head with the ATF. Right. Right. And, and I got obsessed with that. And then I got obsessed with like, through that, David Koresh, Timothy yeah. McVeigh, it all strings yeah. back into one yeah. thing. It does. It does. But yeah, the, yeah, the confidence some of those like a Koresh has, my favorite cult leader move, and we've like, you know, researched a lot of cults now, is when they're a doomsday cult, which is pretty common, and when they give a hard prediction for the end of the world. Like the world's going to end like May 15th, 1984. Let's get ready. That's why we're all here. That's why we're living out in the woods in this compound. I'm amazed when like, May 16th hits and they retain all of their followers. That that takes some salesmanship. Yeah. You've gotten people to give away all their possessions and, and give up everything to live with you in some weird compound because God's coming back down on a very specific date. And then that date comes to pass and you're still able to keep people there. Oh, that's some charisma. Fuck that's yeah. Some- well, how many, what are your, what, what cults have you talked to? I, I'm obsessed with cults. Um, let's, oh, man, I'm trying to think of, I did one that was only a live show that was the anthill kids. That was a doomsday cult. We did heaven's gates. Uh, we did Heaven's uh, gates where they all wore Nikes. Yeah. That's, that's the one where Marshall Applewhite was, uh, <laughs> the kind of the crazy eyed guy who, yeah, got every, the hail bop comment was coming back around and he thought that, you know, there was like a Jesus spaceship in the tail of the comet and they had to have the right amount of quarters to fucking get up into this <laughs> spaceship. And yeah, that was an insane one. Uh, Jim Jones, you know, the people's temple. That was a crazy one. Manson was kind of a cult, the Manson family. Um, the Branch Davidians in Waco was another one. The uh, Order of the Solar Temple was a weird one that was in Canada. What's that one? That one was a weird one. It's been a little while since we we did it, but uh, a, a lot of these cults, they'll borrow pieces from other scripture. And this one was like a new agey. 
And it was kind of new age mixed with um, Knights Templar, Freemason kind of rituals. Like they I would, like it. I like they it. They would wear robes and they would um, uh, have like sword, ceremonial swords and all these different degrees of membership. And then it was a lot of communal living. And I think that one was based on the end times. Most of them seem to be based on, uh, you know, the, it's the end times are coming. But if you're part of our, our inner circle, then when God comes back down, you're going to be raised up to some kind of uh, special level. You know, it's, it's all ego stuff. It's all like if you're part of our little group, then when God comes down, everyone else is getting motherfucked. But we're going to keep you safe. And you're going to be, you know, high ranking members of the new world order kind of thing. I was. Did you just do one? I'm, I must have been you. Was did you do one on the the guys from San Francisco that had the place just inside, just outside San Francisco, where he was going to turn it into a movie studio? Oh, um. I don't think so. I get I all my information from you. So like, yeah. by the way, and I will, I will definitely fuck up information because of when you fuck around, sometimes oh, yeah. I won't know you're fucking around. And then I'll be like, did you know that uh, blacks outnumbered whites by 75 million during the civil war? Dude, my favorite is now they call it um, Cummins Laud in the updates. And people will have like, they'll share moments of embarrassing situations. The, the most common one is when I'm going off on a crazy lie and the, and the Bluetooth um disconnects like they're listening to it on their headset but then it, it goes into like the office speakers and yeah. it's me talking about fucking ponies aggressively or something insane and then they have to try to like describe what they're listening to uh but one of those lies this guy told me he's a long-haul trucker and it was like the cleopatra episode and i'd made up this lie about how the word encore came into existence and i made up this lie about how it was when you know when people want you know more show it started when Cleopatra and Mark Antony were having this sex show and they had this, uh, you know, woman fucking a camel on stage. And I, I told this whole crazy elaborate lie about women fucking camels and, and Mark Antony loving it and standing up and cheering. And that transitioned into encore. Well, this guy hears it up to that point, presses pause at the truck stop and he tells everybody, he tells everybody that that's where the word encore comes from. That's brilliant. <laughs> Then he gets back in his truck, presses play, and it's me going, ah, get the fuck out of here. That was crazy. And he's like, no! God damn it! I just told 20 people! Oh, that's fucking awesome. Oh, it's that's awesome. Just my way to keep doing practical jokes, which I, which I love. Just to, I, I love hearing about people uh, getting in embarrassing situations because of stuff like that. Oh, my God. There was just a few episodes ago, there was one of the best ones. This lady worked at a, I don't know what you call it, a horse? horse farm wherever there's like fancy horses and she's one of the people that works there and tends to the horse adashery <laughs> <laughs> i like that a horse adashery she's the she's the head horse adasherier <laughs> and uh she's listening to it she says usually it's just her and the horses so she has it really loud to the speakers and this veterinarian from her small town that she'd actually known as a kid was coming by to check on the horse but was supposed to be there in a half an hour and he shows up really early and I was saying some crazy shit on the sex suck about pony play, about that, this, this sexual fetish where people dress up like ponies. And, and I was going into this whole fake rant, this fake scenario about I'm Captain Whiskerhorn and my wife is Sarsaparilla Spunkmeister and I have her tied up and I'm whipping her and I'm just like, yeah, fuck that pony. And you're I'm talking about fucking the pony and all these sex things with ponies. 
and he hears everything. He hears all, but he doesn't hear any of the lead into the joke. He just hears her listening to a dude talking about wanting to fuck sexy ponies. Oh so my long. God. And for so long. And then she, she said like, she wanted to just fade away into the ground because there was no, and, and then so she doesn't explain it. She doesn't know how to explain it. And then he was there to like check on one of the mares and he has to like put his fingers in the horse vagina. And so she said that she's there for that. And it was just so painfully uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> like he was embarrassed. She was, oh, that stuff makes me laugh so hard. What, uh, how do you, how do you pick, how do you have like w- the upcoming episodes? How do you come up with upcoming episodes? Uh, I pick two a month, two to three a month. And then the other two, uh, the first episode of every month and the third episode of every month is picked by uh, the, uh, the Patreon people who vote. Like we have on our app, we have this little uh, voting board. Uh, oh man, I just got a beta, new beta test version of the app. But anyway, we have this voting board where people can upvote and downvote, kind of like Imager, uh, different topics. And so midnight Pacific time on the 15th and the last day of the month, whichever topic is in the lead, that's the new topic. That's oh, fucking awesome. I, I like just so it's not all on me to pick things. And it's kind of like, you know, the democracy a little bit. Like, what are people interested in? It's so funny. Isla wears your sweatshirt almost every day. It's like her favorite sweatshirt. And it's, I think, I think because it is a shirted sweatshirt, it's straight down. It's not yeah. crimped. Mm-hmm. And so for her, Isla's got weird tactile issues. But it's so funny. I see that sweatshirt so much. And then Leanne actually said the other day, she goes, is this like a, not like a dirty thing? And I oh. go, no, it's just a podcast. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cause I was wearing it. This was when, she, when we were in school, she goes, I wears it to school every single day. And I, and I wears it. I mean, every day, like it's one of, oh, she's got a, a rotation of sweatshirts. It's a sweatshirt from, uh, I think from, um, uh, uh, Meg's and, uh, Stephen Meggs in um, Seattle. I don't know why that sounds familiar to me. It's it's a radio show we do. I'm fucking up the names right now. Uh, they gave me a sweatshirt in their radio show. Okay. And I just, I got it. I brought it home. I, I, it was just a sweatshirt. I brought it home. But Isla loved the colors of it. She just loved okay. the sweatshirt. So she, that shirt uh, and your sweatshirt are like her two sweatshirts. So it's so funny that I, it's, if, if, if they saw other things of yours around immediately, everyone in my family would be like, Oh my God, that, what is that? How do we know that so well? <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. I, I, you know, I love the merch kind of stuff because, uh, I always love like graphic tees. Like I, like my wife, it drives her crazy that it's all I wear. Like, uh, you know, sometimes on stage I'll wear like something more simple or like a button up, but just in normal life since I was, I don't know, eight years old, maybe my whole life. I've just always liked graphic tees. I'm a big fucking t-shirt guy. Like I love, yeah. I love a good, um, by the way, I'm like super specific. And I think this is why I had a hard time coming up with merch initially. Cause I'm super specific about what blend of cotton I have. Oh, uh, have you Bella tri blends? Do you, yeah. do you have a label? Man, I love those Bella tri blends. And then there's oh, now I'm blank and there's one other this one. This is this shirt right here is my favorite shirt. This is, this type of shirt is, uh, uh, it's literally, I got, I got it on a TV show. It's called, Oh James my God. Purse. My wife knows that James purse. My, I got it on a TV show and it was such a comfortable, good fitting shirt and that it hung well. Yeah. I bought 
I bought one there and they're expensive. I bought them. So like I go to do shows and people will be like, give me your shirt. I'm like, eh, it's, I'm, it's an expensive shirt. Like I'm keeping it. They don't, I don't think James, they're all plain though. Right. It's all, they're all plain. Yeah. Color. Yeah. Cause my, my wife actually was uh she worked in wardrobe for 10 years before we, uh, that's what she did was she was a, a union shopper for TV shows. And for, oh, really? She knows like all about, she went to a, oh man, now she'd be so pissed if she was here. It's a LA art school. FITMA? FIT FITM. FITM, but it's like downtown LA. But um, yeah, that's what she would do. It's like she would just like the last TV show I think she worked on before we left was Agents of Shield. But she would go do all the shopping, or she would just work some other kind of wardrobe job. There's a couple other jobs there, but so she knows like all the t-shirt people, but she loves James Pierce. Loves him. Uh, yeah, it's I got it on one TV show and I loved it. And then and then that's all I wear on stage. I wear it on stage for a matter of seconds and I take it off. But I can, but I don't wear them often. So I really only need to bring like one or two shirts on the road with me. So I'll just rewear it every night. I'll just put it on, take it off. But, uh, and then, and, and, and now, now I have, I, I want to go through my closet and get rid of shirts because I have so many fucking t shirts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wear, I wish I would wear different stuff, but like basically I just wear a black t shirt every single day. Not, not, not that I love that color more than ones, but I, I sweat randomly. I'll go a week where I don't sweat a ton. And then I don't know, next week, so much pit sweat. And it makes me so self-conscious that I don't trust any t-shirt. That's not like a dark t-shirt. Yeah. I, Cause I hate uh, that. You have a big, just sweat ring. Just, oh, what kind of merch you guys, what, what kind of like, by the way, I'm, this is uh, the weirdest podcast. Cause I'm like, I just love your merch. What, we, what's we, your we, website? Real quick. It's the, the merch is badmagicmerch.com. And we have, I, I, I'm amazed what we get away with selling. It makes I'm, me smile. Is merch selling great for you right now? Merch is moving for me. Yep. Yep. Us too. Like really, really well. I want to come out with new merch. I'm going to, that's my goal today is to come out with some new. Oh, fuck. You got great merch. Oh, I like this purple one. Oh, is it the dude with the, uh, um, Kyler's uh, closet tee? Oh yeah, that was from uh, the Patreon. That was uh, so fun. That's my son, yeah, Kyler, where I had him on. And on the Secret Suck, every most weeks we do a little segment called the Wackadoodle of the Week, where we just basically pick a con artist talking about super crazy shit and trying to make money off of it. Yeah, you know, people selling like Jilly Juice or Ormus, or uh, recently a fun one was Kenneth Copeland, that pastor who was just telling people that he had cured COVID nineteen. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, that was, and Kyler was riffing about, he, that made him so happy to be on a t-shirt. He was, we were, whoever we were listening to is basically saying that celery juice cures everything. Fucking I would love, you could do a shirt for every episode you do. And I would buy, I would buy a shirt for at least, I would buy, I would have at least 12 of your shirts. It, <laughs> it is fun to come up with like the weird characters. Cause I, I like just the silliness, like, uh, <laughs> and then, and then knowing that it could be on a t-shirt, like recently after the sex suck, I just thought the whole pony play thing was so silly to me. And then I just, I loved envisioning this guy who had like a pony play sex supply store and he's in a small area and his rival is a guy who has puppy play sex material and the puppy play guy has been trying to put him out of business. And so it's a whole fucking quad state rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> so just like this weird, and I, and I love, you know, picturing that on a t-shirt down the road. It's uh, it's so fun just to get to be a weirdo. Yeah, it's great, man, dude. This has been a fucking amazing podcast. I appreciate you doing it, dude. Thanks, thanks so much for for having me, man. It's always so. Dude, fun. I, you, I'm telling you, man. I, 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 
I've had, you've given me so much hours of so many hours of listening. It's ridiculous. And, and it's funny. I feel like I have shared so many, uh, coming laws. <laughs> I feel like I've shared so many of them. Cause I, I, it's like the weirdest fucking shit that you talk about. I just dials into me. It's like what I'm interested in. So I'm so glad. I hope more people, I hope more people find it on this and go check out your podcast. And what, what are, I did this to you last time, but like, what are right now? What are, what are your top five most recent ones that you go, go, go check this out? Well, oh man, I, I, I lose track of our own things. I'm going to have to, just so I don't mess it up. Um, think about, okay, well, if you like true crime, that Bob Berdella, it is savage. Which one is it? I'm, a, I, let me get my phone. Hold on. It's the Kansas city butcher. It's, it's a few weeks ago. It's, it's 187, the Kansas city butcher, Robert Berdella. This guy saw this movie as a kid called the collector where somebody kidnapped somebody and then like forced them to stay in their house for weeks, thinking that that person would eventually fall in love with them. He uh, never let go of that. It doesn't work. I've tried it. <laughs> and he started kidnapping people around Kansas city and he would, he would do the most horrific things. Uh, he, it's just very crazy. True crime one. The uh, civil war one was a long one. Yeah. The civil war one was a long one. That was tough to try and fit a lot of information into one episode. Uh, Nation of Yahweh cult was a recent one we did. That was another cult where um, it was a black supremacist cult in uh, in Miami. It was uh, these guys who they fucking hated white people so much to become a high ranking member of that cult. You had to bring the leader uh, the ear of a white person. You had to kill a white person and like bring a body part to prove that you'd killed him. And the guy Yahweh Ben Yahweh who led that cult. One of the most darkly funny things he would he would uh, he had all these people living on this compound in Miami, and he would try to isolate the women so he could of course sleep with them. Like almost every that's the goal leader. of every fucking cult leader. Yep, he's fucking these women, you know, and uh, and he's t- and he starts thinking that he just knows everything, including medical stuff, and <laughs> and he is giving like childbirth classes. He doesn't know what he's fucking talking about. He has no medical knowledge. He's giving childbirth classes. He teaches. Uh, Pregnant CPR, I swear to God, he did this. He was teaching women that like basically that babies inside a a woman's womb could be choking and they would need CPR. And so you had to blow in her pussy to get the air to the baby. Like (laughs) he was teaching that. He was tricking women into eating out other women's pussy by saying that he's teaching them uh, baby CPR. I like this. I got this. I've already downloaded that one. I downloaded that one last night. Oh, dude. Oh, Oklahoma City bombing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be all that, over that one. That's a fascinating one. A really weird one from a few months ago was the Nazi search for the Holy Grail, where like uh, some, some members of the Nazis, they thought that they could find, like truly did think that they could find magical artifacts and use those to win the war. And it just, it's just such a weird episode. Like just the weird shit that they believed. Dude, uh, they, it's- Oh, so I'm, I'm telling you, man, I love your podcast. I'm so, I'm so oh, happy. You, well, I, I love your standup, well. man. I love your podcast. And, uh, and you, and I'm just so inspired. You're, you're such a content machine. You do so much content and it's so good. You're just, uh, oh. you seem to have endless, the Mickey Mantle gene, man. You seem, it seems to be real. Just endless did you, energy. Did you see what Mickey Mantle, did you, I did you see the thing I posted about Mickey Mantle today? Uh, today? No, huh? This is the funniest thing On ever. Instagram? I, I no, I just posted it. Hold on. I just read it to my wife. This is my favorite thing. So I screen grabbed it. 
let me see if I can find the screen grab. It's not there. Okay. On December 1972, in advance of the Yankee Stadium's 50th anniversary, Mantle filled out a survey question asking what he considers to be his most outstanding experience at Yankee Stadium. Mickey replied, I got a blowjob under right field bleachers at, at, a, at the Yankees' bullpen. It was about the third, maybe fourth inning. I'd pulled a groin and I couldn't fuck at the time, and she was a very nice girl. At the end, she asked me what to do with the cum in her mouth, and I said to her, I don't know. I'm no cocksucker. <laughs> what fucking dude? I mean, I, the fact that someone goes, what's your most memorable ha- event at Yankees Day to me? He's like, I, I got a blowjob out in right field under the bleachers. Third, maybe fourth inning. Like, I, like the way that he just... Yeah. yeah. I love that level of just candor, just the honesty. It's almost like it's Joe Namath had it, where, like, they didn't, hmm. they didn't know they couldn't be the guy that, like, they just were like, huh? Well, that, that's I, I a problem, it. you know, to tie back to what we talked earlier, that's a problem today. It's like nobody feels comfortable being honest because, you know, the outrage police are going to fucking tear their lives apart for just saying what everybody else said, you know, like almost everybody else. Do you ever, see that, you ever see that? That What's that Rick James interview? Not Rick James, uh, James Brown interview oh, on CNN? Out of his mind on fucking Coke. Oh my God. We talk about that all the time on the Patreon. Uh, we, have a, we have a quote from that that I'm going to a fucking a soundbite that you'll be able to hear. I'm, Lock every week uh, from that exact thing. I'm pulling it up. James Brown. Oh my God. Uh, come on, James. Oh. Can you hear that? Yes. Oh. <laughs> I fucking love it so much. He's oh, it's so, so great. Out of mind. I miss. I miss that about. I miss that about media. Like, yeah. I, like you know, it's changed so much. I remember them interviewing, like, it, it was just there, like, it was just there 10 years ago. People were still saying outlandish shit. 10 years ago, right. I remember they interviewed a cornerback about something, and then he just he just slid in, and he's like, I don't know, man. I just don't believe in that, and I don't believe in homosexuals. Now, those are my two. And he was like, I think a man should lay with a woman, and that's it. And I And it was on ESPN, and you watch the reporter go, Okay. <laughs> or like Clinton Portis was the best. Clinton Portis has the best fucking quotes where he did not know he could not say shit. When right. then, when Michael Vick got arrested for dog fighting, Clinton Portis said, they said, did you hear what happened to Michael Vick? And he was like, yeah, ain't nothing but a dog fight. And you're like, that's not what we're supposed to say, Clinton. And see, I, I wish that we could get to this place where it's like in a moment like that, rather than like tearing somebody's life down, be like, okay, why did they say that? And yeah. then and, and take into somebody's like background where it's like, okay, he grew up in a place where that was fucking normalized. That doesn't make yeah. him a monster. Just makes him like he had a different background, had a different childhood. I've been watching a lot of, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to see Clinton Portis quotes real quick. I, I've been watching a lot of, I saw a documentary on Michael Vick on ESPN and I had a moment, oddly enough with Miss Pat, um, where we were talking, it's on my new Netflix show. We were, ta- I think we edited it out. Uh, we were talking about Michael Vick. She's still a Michael Miss Pat's still a Michael Vick fan, and she's yeah, and she, and what it's interesting. Uh, the people we were with, Kelly Cuoco and Joel McHale, are uh great, great, great people. I mean, everyone's a great person in the story, but it's just it's just talking about this. It's a story really taught, and we I, we couldn't really go into it 
because it, yeah. it would be a whole show to talk about this. But it was basically, it's uh, it's 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 basically people that love animals and can't yeah. forgive Michael Vick versus someone who says Miss Pat, where she's like, no, that's people can't forgive black people. Like it's okay. it's more about. And Miss Pat's like the way I grew up, dog fighting was very common. Like that's all we saw. Right. And I can forgive someone for doing something that I saw as a kid and, and okay. maybe partook in or, or, or got in a circle and watched Miss right. and, and Kelly Cuoco and Joel, who did not grow up around dog fighting and did not maybe look at the judicial system differently than say someone like sure. Pat. It was really a fucking fascinating conversation that I wished I would have spent a whole I would have spent fucking three hours having that conversation. Yeah, because yeah, I, I understand both sides of the fence. I understand that yeah, a little bit. Yeah, me too. I mean, me, I, you know, like I, I love Michael Vick and what he, what he's done, what he did since then, and all like the redemption stuff he did. And I'm somebody who loves dogs. Like my Penny and Ginger are two little doodles. They, they're like you know family members. They sleep in bed with my wife and I. We fucking talk to them like people. My wife puts them in little outfits. Like we're those weird fucking dog people. Oh yeah, love them to death. But also, uh, you know, have no problem with Michael Vick. It's like because, yeah, he grew up with that was a normal thing. And people who what I what I don't like is people who just can't understand context. They just can't understand how people's upbringings are different. They're going to come to different conclusions. And, uh, and and that's why, you know, something that is abhorrent to you is normal to them. It's like, yeah. how, do you, how do you not understand? Kelly Cuoco is not wrong in, in feeling the way she feels, and neither is Joel. And at the same time, Pat isn't wrong. Like, you, I, I go, you guys got to understand that there is, you know, the story that got let, the story that Pat heard of Michael Vick was no one was going to prosecute. Uh, it wasn't a big deal in that area, in that community. Right. And then white women championed it. And Peter got behind it, and then he did more prison time than anyone has ever done for anything animal cruelty. But he served to right. the tenth, of, and then and then and then when he got out, and this is where I think I'm, I won't speak obviously for black people, but what what where I think most African Americans fucking kind of get bothered is he did his time, he 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 paid his debt to society, and he's still not forgiven. And you're like, right. so then you're saying that if I I'm dealing drugs and I get out. You still look at me. I, I paid my debt to society, but I'm right. not forgiven. Like, and so it gets very complicated. And I guess we, and I guess we all have our things, you know, like my area where I can't forgive is, uh, is pedophiles. Like, oh, the ones yeah, well, yeah, I think, yeah, I don't think, I don't think there's anyone on the other side of that fence. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes what? there has been examples. It's just the people who really believe in rehabilitation, no matter what there's like certain countries that have like maximum sentencing laws no matter what you do, you get out after 20 years, no matter what. And they're not like viewed the same where it's like, fuck that. So I guess I understand for some people, dogs is their thing. Like, you know, you fuck with a dog, you're just dead to them forever. You know, that's their. I'd, I'd have a hard time. By the way, this are my, my dog that I have right now is driving me fucking up the wall. It's a very physical dog. Yeah. And uh, we just, it's a puppy and she's very energetic, but she's very physical in that she is, you know, 110 pounds. Oh, Jesus, and she'll just yeah. jump on you. And you're like, and it's being, a, it's, you know, it's, it's just shy of being attacked. She's just like, and so yeah. you're like, you're like, yo. And so I'm having, I'm, I actually just thought about it on the treadmill today. I was like, I got to learn to love this dog more because I'm just frustrated with it nonstop. 
Okay. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, and, and, and for whatever reason, she is just very physical with me. Like she will jump on me, run up on me. I can't, I can't get laid. The dog second I get in the bed, the dog's in the bed, but not even like, like a really needy dog, but she's a great fucking dog. She's everything you wanted in a dog when you were 12, you know, you're like, I want a puppy where I can run with it. I can play with it. I can wrestle with it. I take it out to the thing and wants to go and wants to swim all day long. That's this dog. Yeah. But when you're a fucking grown man and you're like, Hey, I'm trying to do a podcast. Like, can you yeah. not here? I'll show her to you. I'll watch it. I'll, I'll get her. <laughs> Izzy. He's a fucking lunatic. A fucking lunatic. Yeah. You got to lock him up. My, our dogs killed our sex life for like uh, two years. And now we're just like, you know what? They're locked out when it's that time. And it's so, it's so creepy. Now we lock them outside the door. We put music on to try and drown out their whining. And then every Bro, time. This every dog time cries the outside the door. They scratch. They scratch. The whole time we're fucking, they scratch on the door. They whine. And then Penny specifically looks at me like I'm a rapist for the next two minutes every time I open the door again. Just looks disturbed and just stares at me. Stares, stares at my dick. Like just, I, I like, it's, ah. Dude, Leanne, uh. I gave Leanne an orgasm the other day and Leanne is very vocal during an orgasm and the dog lost its shit and went after me. And you I was like, mom. what did you do to my mom? Yep. I got I can't believe she's not out here. <laughs> Izzy. Um, she, she normally, the second you say it, she's like, what did you need me? She is a fucking lunatic. All right. Well, she's not coming out. We, what were we gonna say? And last, I, I don't know if, when you're talking about loving older television, the the Dean Martin roasts. I bet if I bet you would love those when they could get fucked, they, they would get fucked up and just be hammered on television talking about whatever. I'm like, that's the kind of stuff I wish we had more of today. It, it, was, it was so real. Boy, man, you, I've been fucked up on television and said stuff. I've done been fucked up on podcasts and said stuff. Yeah. And man, me waking up the next day. <laughs> And, and just going like, what did I do? It's great entertainment. It's fucking, yeah. it's great entertainment. But man, you go, whoo, did I just ruin my career? Even <laughs> when I drink nine drinks a night and they're doubles. That's what, what makes it so entertaining. Cause it's like, it's so unfiltered. It's so unfiltered. And you just are like, fuck it, man. Fuck it. You want to know yeah. the truth? <laughs> yeah, I killed her. I, yeah, I killed, killed her. her. She deserved it. She deserved it. She wouldn't stop calling me. God. Well, dude, this has been a blast. I appreciate you doing this. We did two hours fucking seamlessly. Oh, wow. That's all. Yeah, that's fantastic. That was fucking great, dude. Uh, I'll put everything in the front, but here, give give all your pro, all your plugs right now real quick. Yeah, so just please check out the new special, uh, Get Out of Here, Devil. Um, you know, Amazon, Apple, On Demand. Uh, you know, if you want to listen to a Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, all that kind of stuff. So I think it's like 70 minutes new stand up. So check out, get out of here, devil. And then yeah, time suck and scared to death of the podcast. You're the best dude. Dude. Thank you, Bert. I appreciate it so much, man. No, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. I will, uh, keep in touch. Stay safe. Okay. Yeah. Man, and, and if you ever want any, I mean, I know you have, uh, you know, promotional arms, but if you ever just have something coming out, um, I know I don't, I do guests on time suck, but I'm always happy to like, just plug. So Please, just, I'll hit you up. I'll definitely hit you up. Yeah, and we can talk about it on Scared to Death, too. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Thanks, Dan. Thank I appreciate you. it, man. Thank you. Thanks, Bert.
This episode was brought to you by The Machine.